Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of FPL Black Box. It is one of those flashbulb moments uh, that you'll just remember forever when the triple game week got announced. How are you feeling, Mark? Oh, I was shocked by that. Ben didn't even see it coming, did he? He did not. No one. No one saw that coming. I definitely didn't. Yeah, it really took me by surprise. I um, I couldn't believe it. I, I, you know what? I didn't think it was possible. But I guess in the crazy season we've had with the way the fixtures have piled up, Maybe it was inevitable. I don't know. It's the it's the second one, isn't it? Because Birmingham had one years ago. I think everyone captain Zigic, right? Was it Birmingham? I know that Joe put out a tweet today about the scout picks back in the day with that. And um, I think it was Nikola Zigic, and everyone was like, yeah. "You've got a captain." He was like that seven foot tall. Yeah, like, he was a big lump centre forward. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, and I, I, he got three points. Did he now? <laughs> well, that's worrying, isn't it? I thought I always thought Sunderland had one. Didn't they have one with Sessegnon, or were we imagining that? No, that was a double. That was a was double, that just a it? double? Because it was funny because we were looking. I was thinking back as well, and I thought Southampton had one because I remember having Yoshida in my team, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, that would only have been a treble. Surely wouldn't have got Yoshida for a double." But maybe that was, it's mid, it was Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, that's it. Middlesbrough, no Middlesbrough, that's it because because of the European ties they had. I think they. So had it a wasn't Zigic then. No, I don't know. I remember captaining Zigic in a triple game week. Where have I got that memory from? Maybe you didn't triple captain him, surely? No, well, the chips weren't around then, were they? Back no, in back in those no, days. No, no, exactly what we're talking back about. Back in my day, we oh, didn't have none of these fancy <laughs> I'm chips. old enough, old enough to remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is crazy, isn't it? So we we have got a treble game week uh, for Manchester United, and obviously tonight. That's the good thing about going later in the week. Obviously, you know, we get the chance to react to what happens. And on a mm. Thursday, by then, normally things are broken. And so we benefit of the fact that we can dedicate the show to to that. And we're going to. We're going to look at the double game week players as well. Lots to cover tonight, which is... My brain hurts. I know. And it's an early start. I'm quite proud of the fact we actually got started at eight o'clock. 
done it. No. Yeah, we're 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 on, we're on a good little streak at the moment. Not not having many technical problems. We're an oh, hour earlier now because you're in the shed. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say no technical problems. Yeah, having the, having the shed as my new studio space is really useful because I can start earlier now. I'm thinking we maybe could start at seven. You know, let's go mad. I don't know, but anyway, we'll see. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots to talk about tonight. Um, certainly Manchester United, of course. We're going to dive deep into their data. Um, and I've got some lovely stuff from Lego Mane, who's a, a friend from the community. He's been around for a long time. I don't know how many mm. seasons he's been playing, but he's certainly in the early days of Scout, he was around as well. And he's done some brilliant work um, on the uh, head of the double game week, or treble game week as it is now. And so we're going to be looking at some of his charts, some of his work uh, at the end of the show, one early on as well. And, uh, and yeah, generally just going to look at all the double game players by position. We're going to talk about potential chip strategies for those who have got chips and then all the usual game week predictions, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we better crack on with um, a look at our game week. to cover. Yeah. Um, oh, before, of course, we started with um, mm. Mr. FBL Pig or Pig FBL. So should we let him take it away and introduce the game oh, week? Absolutely. Who, who better to introduce the roundup of the game week than FBL Pig? Had a pension headache, wasn't sure who to play, I should have known The fact would invade Old Trafford, what a disgrace, the game was found And I can't even speak about it Vardy and Kane with just two points to their name, might be depressed Sunny and Bale, no, they did not seem to fail. Their owners blessed, and I can't even tweet about it because we blacked out. Oh no, oh no, because we blacked out. Brilliant again. There you go. You know what, you he's, he's getting, he's so good that I'm going to start listening to him just out of pleasure outside of this podcast. His, <laughs> yeah, vo- his voice is growing on me so much that that's what's going to happen. Every week he comes up with a, a new, a new song. Um, it's, you know, to, to a, you know, lyrics to a song that obviously already exists. It's, it's genius. A few people asking in the chat if it's going to be a regular thing. Yeah, why not? Two well, minutes. if he keeps doing them. And I think he he's keeps in, doing them. I think he's enjoying it. I, I keep seeing every now and then a little smile on his face when he, delivers a uh, one of his clever lyrics and i, I think looking, he's I am, really loving it i am looking forward to a to a really upbeat one like, like um uh florin says in the chat like, you know when when he's had a really good game week and we get a nice like energetic do you think he's gonna like a, one? do a billy joel number or something do you know do you, do you <laughs> yeah. even know who billy joel is am i too old i to do even, oh, okay well, i do yeah maybe white wedding right yeah, an uptown girl. Uptown yeah. girl's got to be. I yeah, mean, like, I uh, he's the most upbeat um, piano-based singer I can think. Mm. Elton John, of course, he might be able to roll out one of the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll see. I mean, it's so exciting. I look forward to them every week now. So, regardless of whether we show it in the uh, in the FBL Black Box, it's just something I look forward to at the start no, of the Billy week. Billy Idol, not Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, what did you White say? Wedding. White Wedding, you fool! You've let yourself down with your music knowledge. Yeah, you, of let, you let yourself I down. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't, agreeing with me. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't take in what you said. <laughs> I presumed you got it right. But yes, 
It's a, it's a nice that. day for a white wedding. Do you remember that? It was an <laughs> awful song, that was. Billy Joel is, yeah, someone completely different. Mm, look, yeah, him, look him good. up. It's a rabbit hole. You'll be there all day on YouTube. Uh, okay, let's look at our game weeks. Uh, 35 points for you, Az. Not great. Not great, but obviously oh, we had to deal God. with the postponement, didn't we? I mean, it's not as bad as Granville, 18 points. So much so he wanted he wanted two points for all his players that missed the game. <laughs> I mean, what did we do about that? I mean, it was, a, it was a shock, obviously, and you can't plan for it. And we all had at least three players, didn't we? How many yeah, did I you have? Four. You had four. I had right? four. I had four and, and no bench because Rudiger didn't play. Holding, when I really needed holding just to play and you get, you know, also get a clean sheet and he, he doesn't feature. So yeah, points from like points to me and Acho, everyone's pretty much got this point. Yeah. We did we both did Fernandez to Son, so at least we did that. Yeah. Well, I listened back to our we really slacked off Gareth Bale <laughs> last week. Did we? I didn't want to listen back to that. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that wasn't wasn't our best. I think um, I think you punditry. said I thought you said though that he was a good one week punt if you I were did. free hitting or something, didn't you? I'm sure. I you said, said if some... you were chasing, right. he was he well. was kind of perfect, but I wouldn't recommend him over Son and Kane. Um, and I mean, I, I stand by that because I, I still think if you were going to get him, it would have been as part of a triple and a triple on Spurs. I don't know if you want that long term, but yeah, fair enough. You know, but I also <laughs> think Kane and Kane and Son is still ahead of him. If I was picking, if I was yeah, going to yeah. have two of them, because oh yeah, for sure. But you know, let, let, I mean, let's focus on it a little bit because. I got it completely wrong. I didn't think he'd start necessarily. I I wasn't. I didn't read Mason's team sheet. I was thrown completely by the fact that Bale started the game that Kane didn't because Kane was injured. Mm. Then he didn't start the cup final for obvious reasons. He he doesn't track back. Fair enough. But I just presumed he wasn't necessarily first with, choice. With hindsight, it's, it was pretty obvious he was going to start. Um, I was the same. I wasn't sure what his role in the team would be. But you know, like, like we talked about on the on the pod the other day. Um, they didn't need someone who could track back. They just they wanted that guy on the right who could just go and do whatever he wanted, and he yeah. did, and he was brilliant, and he tore he, he was he was brilliant uh, throughout the game. It wasn't just his goals, and and also I think I you know I I realise now Mason's trying to win favour, right? He's trying to be a positive attacking football manager and win over the fans, and of course playing Bale's a great way of doing that. So it makes sense. And yeah. it, but we said, isn't it? It's a mistake, and we've got to focus on that and make sure we don't do that again. And and. I just presumed I could read Mason's team sheet on the basis of one team sheet without Kane and one in a cup final. Of course I can't. So I got that completely mm. wrong. So anyway, uh, read through your team then. Mendy, seven points. Castagna, two. Cody, two. Midfield? Uh, Son, 12. Good. And, you know, scored scored another goal, which was offside. Very mm. harsh again, but yeah, just getting sick of them, to be honest. Uh, Lingard, two. Salah Greenwood didn't play. Keenan Davis comes off the bench, gets one point. He also comes off the bench in real life. But at least Vidra didn't score because that would have hurt because I know mm. a lot of people would have had him coming off. Ian Acho, five. And then Kane. I mean, Kane, who would have thought a, a, a massive win for, for Spurs and Kane not only not being involved, but not really being involved in the game. I, I thought he was, he dropped deep a lot, didn't he? And was kind of the, the worrying part of, of Kane that we've seen previously in the season. I, I didn't think that would be the case in this game, but he was completely overshadowed by Son Bale. He had chances, to be fair. He did have chances, but he, you were right. I mean, I think it was the second goal that Bale scored and Kane wasn't really up with the play. I was, mm. he'd have been the one rolled in. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit worrying, actually, because, you know, the theory could be then that Bale... And with Bale and the team, it changes the dynamic a bit and Kane drops deep to allow Bale and Son to run out in front, which kind of makes sense tactically. 
and also suits the way Kane's game has kind of changed. So, yeah, we've got to track that. I'm not about to sell Kane, but it's something no, to no. watch. Yeah. We'll have to see. But yeah, let's move on. Just, yeah, just, just well, a, I did a, a, slightly better. But... I got PTSD from earlier in the season where I was doing, had game weeks like this. It was very poor. Yeah, but, you know, I think the Old Trafford situation was just unforeseen. And, and yeah, as I said, you had four players, I had three, so I did slightly better as a result. Uh, my team, Mendy, seven, Alonso, one. Why didn't Alonso play? He played last night. I don't What's going on there? I just couldn't read that at all. Again, I another mistake. You. Another I mistake. Yeah, I know. Well, he, <laughs> I got, I kept him and he played the first game. Um, I got that one okay. Because I, I think I got some stick on Twitter about, oh, you got it wrong again. I, I don't think I got it wrong the first time. He, he played the first time. He just didn't do very well. Mm. Um, but I kept him for this game thinking he would play because the rotation seemed to work in terms of, okay, Sherwell's not going to play four games in a row, but he did. He has. And now... Presumably he's going to play five in a row, but yeah, yeah. Alonso one point, Dallas one point, uh, no Trent, no Rudiger, no Salah. It gets better. Lingard two, Son two, 12 hour, Inacho five, and then Calvert-Lewin was the difference between our yeah, teams. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin. I, I mm. said to you when, you, when you did the wild card and you kept Calvert-Lewin, I said to you, I think he's going to be mm. a real good, good, you know, a good hold. And you know, with the double coming and then Wolves and Sheffield United, I think he's he's in place for you. I think that's, that was a really good bit of... Bit of, well, it wasn't even a, a purchase, was it? You already had him. I think it was just a really sensible hold. Yeah, I kept him and Alonso, and obviously Alonso hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping Calvert-Lewin does. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he looks he looked good. He just, yeah, unlike Watkins, and unlike when we saw Will, Callum Wilson come to Goodison, you know, those two strikers have come to Goodison and really shown for the ball, run the channels, you know, they're, they're mm. actually so involved. But Calvert-Lewin just isn't. He's a good player, but he just stays in the penalty area, doesn't really link play, doesn't really run the channels as much as other strikers. So in games, he can get isolated and you kind of think, well, he's not doing anything here because he doesn't Mm. do much outside the box. They've got to get crosses into him. And when James isn't playing, there's no real route to him other than out wide with Dino and Coleman. Um, But he was, I mean, he could have got a second when Dino crossed first time and Mm. he dived in. But they've just got to get him service and then he will get goals, but he won't do much outside of that. See? So he wasn't that impressive. But yeah, I was I was okay with 40 because it, a lot of managers did a lot worse because they had five or maybe more players in that Sunday game, which is just awful luck. So yeah, I got I got lucky to get 40. And we'd I got, be, I mean, so I was going to say, we'd be kicking ourselves if we'd done Fernandez to Son and oh Son God. blanked. Yeah. So to yeah, take that's the points true. from Son and, and run. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when we made that transfer, we obviously didn't foresee the events that followed. So we got away with that big time. And so mm. it was a fortune. I mean, we kind of backs on to get points, obviously. That's the point of getting him in. But we didn't think that Fernandes wouldn't end up getting a fixture. So, yeah, very fortunate. I thank my lucky stars for that. And I got, as a result, when we look at the Great and the Good League, one of the smallest red arrows I've ever seen, down 11 places. Um, to uh, <laughs> nearly to, grey, I know nearly a grey. So yeah, I was very happy with that because um, it could have been a lot, lot worse. But I've lost the top spot to Fabio, and more to the point, further down there, you are now. Ooh, I know hovering over the, the rele- relegation places, the relegation fight. Yeah. That overtook me. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it, it wasn't. It just wasn't a good week. <laughs> no, and you yeah. can be forgiven for that. For Tom Freeman, sixty-four points. He's on the mm. march and he's got three. Bell captain, I think. Yeah, and he's got a yeah. free hit and bench boost and he's what? 10 points behind. I know. I'm, I'm a bit concerned. In fact, you're surrounded by players or managers with chips, aren't you? 
which is surprising. You know, Matthew Jones has got his wild card and his bench boost left. And uh, Tom Freeman, free hit and bench boost. So a lot of managers going into this period, these last four game weeks with chips intact. Um, so, which is why, you know, obviously in light of the uh, treble game week, we're going to talk about chips as well. But just before mm. we do, um, I think it, it it's fitting to just pay one last visit to the Krellin catch-up. Because I was thinking... What's Ben going to do? He's now? blown it. What do you mean he's blown it? What, because he didn't get this right? Yeah. He didn't see it coming? We Can't forgive him. him again. No, we forgive him. Dead to me. What's he, what's he going to do now <laughs> for the next few weeks? You know, he's, he's been so busy. He's been such an amazing servant to the community over the past, what, well, few months since this, this fixture started you know, being a major concern to us when the postponements came and the double game weeks loomed. Um, so I think it's fitting that we have one last catch-up and show his graphic here, which displays the situation that we're going into in Game Week 35, which is Manchester United with fixtures against Villa, Leicester and Liverpool. But more to the point, I'm going to show you the first graphic from Lega Mane, which helps us kind of picture what the dilemma is, because United play Roma tonight, and then obviously they have three days rest before they play Villa on Sunday. Two days rest before Leicester, two days rest before Liverpool. Um, was one day's rest before Liverpool. So it's three matches in five days. Uh, Villa, Leicester, Liverpool. And we kind of expected a weaker team against Roma yeah. tonight. And uh, it oh, hasn't it hasn't really arrived, does it? I mean, this is the this is the United lineup tonight. De Gea, Bay, Maguire, Pogba, Cavani, Greenwood, Fred. Bruno, Shaw, Wambasaka, and DeBake. What's That's, the logic? I don't know. What is the logic of that? Um, <laughs> I guess it's, I mean, I've said this on the pod the other day, that they don't want to give them any kind of glimpse of hope by giving, oh, by fielding the second six, string team. Six, two up. Six, two. And you're not, and you're not trusting like some of your like, if you can't even trust your reserve players to hold out a 6-2 aggregate lead, what is the point of them even being in the team, in the squad? I, you know, like I said, if if Roma get a couple of goals early on, it's suddenly, it's it's a scenario you don't want, isn't it? And you can only bring three on. You can only bring three oh, of your strongest on. team four, off. So. Four, four goals. Well, I'm shocked. I, I was... <laughs> I mean, no I, way. I, I kind of thought Bruno would play. I kind of thought Maguire would play. Um... I didn't think the whole cast would be out there. You know, Wambasaka, sure, sure. Does he need to play? Surely not. He could have played Tellers here, couldn't he? I mean, he, every I position. So. I, would, I, would have, I would have played Mata 100% in this game. Yeah. If you're looking for, a, a, you know, if you want cool heads and you yeah. don't want to mess up a 6-2 aggregate lead, obviously play Mata. Can't, I can't believe he's not starting. I don't know. The uh, only players I think, who I think are, it's ridiculous. The only players who you could argue aren't first choice are De Gea, because Henderson's probably got the league games, maybe, at least the majority, and Van der Beek, who's playing ahead of Rashford. And by and by. Oh, by of course, yeah. Okay. So three. Yeah, three. They rested three players and they play three games in six days. And the fact that Bailly plays tonight means that he might not play against Villa, so they might arrest other players. I mean, I don't... What, what are they going to do? Let's just go back to the Legamane graphic. Um, how do you read this then? Because I look at it and think... Well, the weakest team is surely going to be Villa, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah, well, obviously it's, I mean, the other, the other two games, they've got a, 
are tricky, right? Um, so you, what you say, you think the rest are going to come at Villa? Well, I guess so. I mean, they've got to not lose against Leicester and Liverpool. They haven't got to win them. They just don't want to lose them. Right? So you've got to think that they've got to show strength in those games. And I, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to go for broke, are they? They're going to try and manage those games and keep them tight, I would have thought, because they only need draws to make sure they don't lose any ground to those two teams. Liverpool aren't the threat, Leicester are, right? So, I mean, it could all jump. I mean, if they lose to Leicester, that's going to make the Liverpool game really tense for them. Maybe, maybe, I mean, Solskjaer's proved tonight he's got no faith in his squad. Maybe he just plays strongest 11 every week, every, every match, works them to death. Do you think so? I mean, it's possible, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I would never have thought the team that he played tonight would have played. So no. I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know if Solskjaer's thinking you're professional athletes. I don't. You can. I could play two. I could play three matches in six days. You should all do yeah, it. But it's well. not. It's four matches in seven days. Yeah, I yeah, know. Four, yeah, four, I know, four you matches can, in seven days. Surely he can't play Bruno four matches in seven days. Surely not, can he? I would, I would say no. I would say no. He, he can't. And, I, and there's it. no way Bruno's going to play all three. But equally, he might. Yeah, but the, the key thing here is if they go through tonight, they've got a Europa League final on the 26th of May, right? And when you look at this, that date on the 26th of May is significant because that's only three days after the last game of the season, right? Mm. So we're not only going to look, you know, with Bruno, you're not only going to look at a rest in one of the next three because they're in the space of five days. You also got to look at that Wolves fixture away from home. If it was Old Trafford, I think he'd play. Would he, would he play a strong team away at Wolves when he's got the Europa League final three days later? I don't know. Why? And when Wolves are safe, mm. United would have either have got, I reckon they'll have second sewn up by then or at least top four sewn up. So, no. I mean, you know, imagine if he plays Bruno in this game and then against Villa and then against Leicester, Bruno is out for a month with a hamstring injury. Yeah, he can't afford to do that, can he? <laughs> like, it's... it's yeah. That would just be the worst. Like, any, any other player, like... I mean, United's squad isn't amazing. Like, it's obviously nowhere near as, as good as City, but, I, you know, there are some, there are still some, there's no players in that team who I think, like, if they got injured, that would be kind of it, apart from Fernandes. I don't mm. think. Oh, they, think can, they, they, they can beat they Wolves could, without Fernandes, but... Yeah, not. exactly. They could they could cover if another one of their players had, like, a, a little injury, but not mm. him. Mm. So, I think we've got to take it that Bruno will get a vest against Villa, right? Because I think they'll need him against Leicester and Liverpool. Surely. I mean, his medical team are going to go, you cannot play a player in four games in seven days, surely. If he, if he, gets, if he gets subbed early today, tonight, I'd, I'd expect him to start Villa. Do you? And then what, mm. start both Liverpool and Leicester? You do? No. Right. Maybe, 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 maybe bought on at half-time against Leicester. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, yeah. just guesswork, isn't it? It, it, is, it is guesswork, but there is some logic in it, thinking that there isn't surely a medical team in the world or a, a, a sports scientist in the world who won't be telling a football manager you cannot play a player in four games in the space of seven days, surely, right? So it's whether or not Solskjaer goes, oh yeah, whatever, I'm playing them, mm. or whether he listens. To them. And like you said, if he does get through to the final tonight, which we expect, he would have the wrath of everyone if he played Bruno in those four games and he got injured in one of them and was out of the Europa League final you'd think I don't know I mean it's the Villa one isn't it United fans will forgive him for resting him against Villa mm. they'll want him against Liverpool 
And I argue they need him against Leicester. So, I don't know. We're, we are guessing, so, but I guess that's our job, to, right? We've got to try and speculate. But, to, but because that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- t- taking out the kind of like the fixture difficulty and importance and all that kind of stuff, mm. the sensible game to rest in would be the Leicester game. Yes. Because it's like, it's kind of, you know, bang in the middle, right? Mm. <laughs> he'd yes. have played two, he'd have played two matches. He could, you know, he could play against Rover and then Villa and then a rest and then he's back for the big game against Liverpool. Yeah. So, so I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too surprised if, if he was, if he was aside on the bench against Leicester and started Villa. That's, that's my, that's my guess, but it's a guess. <laughs> and Rashford didn't, he's on the bench tonight. Yeah, right, I'm I mean, interested in him. Mm, Very interested in him now. Do you think that that raises his chances of playing all three, or he'll play two for sure, won't he? Yeah, and who who else do they play out there on the left? Well, Dan who's James on, is on... injured, isn't he? So well, yeah, it's Dan James is because I've, I've got Greenwood as well. So I'm hoping he gets a kind of early early sub tonight. Well, I guess um, I guess they play Van der Beek again. I mean, that's what they're doing tonight, isn't it? Where's yeah, he playing? I, I haven't looked, but yeah. I don't know. I think I think Rashford Rashford starts against Villa definitely. Mm. Now he's now he's benched this game, and he's their strongest player. So if we're going with the importance, I think I think Rashford has a decent chance of starting all three. Now he's benched tonight. Okay. Um, well, let's look at Man United players first of all. Then um, this is data over the season and the last six game weeks, and it, and it's r- no real surprise to see when we look at some of these key indicators. This is minutes per chance created, minutes per touch in the box, minutes per shot minutes per shot in the box and minutes per expected goal involvement on penalty that Bruno is the standout. Cavani's at, at the top there for minutes per XGI and on penalty, but Cavani's not an option. In, would you say, is that fair? He'll probably play one of the three, I would say. How you read it? I, th- I think he's an option. Do you? <laughs> you think <laughs> yeah. he could get two, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think any of them are, to be honest, because I think it's, it's, it's just such a lottery who, who's going to start and who isn't that I mean, not knocking your stats, but it's kind of just, you know, I think if, you, if you've got a spot as a striker and it's easy to move for Cavani and you know, maybe you can't afford Fernandes or something, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think any of them could do, could do well. Like it's, it's three games, right? Like it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I'm looking at their defence and thinking maybe a defender captain is a good idea, but I don't know. I like, I like Cavani. I, th- I think, I think he could be a decent mm. punt this week, actually. I think I think what's interesting is that even if you consider that okay we can't guarantee that any of them get free, but I think you can kind of guarantee that there'll be you'll get two matches out of most of the players at, le- at the mm. least, right? Cavani is probably one of the few where that might not be the case, but if you do get two fixtures out of Cavani, yeah, he could do really well. That's what I mean because the, the, the issue of having Cavani normally is you don't know whether he's going to start or not. Mm. But if you think he's going to get two, which I think he will, then suddenly I think he is a he's a good option. I just um, I just think he plays tonight. So the pattern would be play tonight, rest at Villa, play one of Leicester and Liverpool is what I would think. So then he's only going to get one of the three if that is true. But it's it's of course it's speculative, right? I don't I don't think he can play two matches close together in the space of I don't. I and think, he's pretty old, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with being old, but yeah, I think well for, yeah. for, for a footballer. Yeah, it's, it's a in, drawback in, in for a footballer, context. but yeah, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I not I, old by normal standards. No, I see him playing. Was he about thirty? Was he thirty-five? Thirty-six? Yeah, he might be younger than that. But um, yeah, he's thirty-four. I thought he was, but anyway, he keeps he keeps himself fit though, doesn't he? Like, oh, God. really fit. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like physique-wise, he's pretty uh, outrageous. Wiry. Um, I you know, but again, I think he probably starts in the. In the Europa League final, do you not think? Wise head for the Europa League final, maybe? Oh, yeah, I'd have thought yeah. so. 
So yeah, I so. want to keep him fresh for that. Is you know, mm. we can only look at the fixtures and look at the team sheet tonight and speculate. That's all we can do, really. No one's got the answers. Um, but what what the data shows is over the season, Bruno with a expected goal involvement every 174.8 minutes. Then you've got Martial, who's not a factor. Then you're going all the way down to Greenwood on 237.7 minutes. So there's a big gap over the season between Bruno and Greenwood and then Rashford. But interestingly, when you go down to the lower table, which is the last six game weeks, Bruno's performances, you know, and that kind of narrative that, oh, well, he was, he was, his data was good, but he just wasn't performing. Well, this shows otherwise. His minutes per expected goal involvement on penalty goes down to 287.2 over the last six game weeks. And Greenwood is right up there, 158.2. So do you think that obviously the safe, and the sensible pick is Fernandez. But do you think that if you went Greenwood, you can be confident that you've got someone who could be just as effective over these three matches? What a question. Uh, well, do you, know, do you know how many attacking returns Bruno's had in eight weeks? That's a question for you. Be on the spot. Two? Two. Correct, yeah. One, one goal, one assist. So he's the highest scoring player in the game, but this this chart shows that he's really not as he was at the, at the beginning of the season. Um, and, and so do those goal involvements. So I, I'm looking at a, a double up of Greenwood and Rashford and thinking I'm, I'm kind of relatively happy with that. It would also mean that I'd have more money to, because let's not forget there are other good double game weeks, right? Like I like the look of Everton's double game week with, with um, you know, Villa, Villa mm. and Southampton, is it? Yeah. We're going to look at their players yeah. in a bit. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if I go all out to get Fernandes in, that means that I'm not going to be able to go for the likes of Calvert-Lewin or Dean or, or you know, Sigurdsson or whoever, you know, whatever player I, I want. Um, but it, it, <laughs> I can't shake the feeling that ignoring Fernandes, the highest point scoring in the game <laughs> for captaincy in a triple game week is suicide. <laughs> I am you know? in exactly the same position. Because I yeah. had very clear plans on what I was going to do this week. Sorry, West Ham Villa for Robson. Yeah. Before the treble, I was I was going to get Dino in for Alonso. And I was considering, if Zaha was fit, going Son to Zaha and even putting the captaincy on Zaha, which sounds mad, but that's what I was thinking. Now, that was before Liverpool got the double, of course. Right Now Liverpool got the double, it probably will be on Salah. But I'm still thinking... There's two schools of thought there, isn't it? Right? There's one, like you said, that it's surely it's crazy with the potential for three matches to not look mm. at Bruno and captain him. But the other school of thought is, like you said, do you let this treble, which probably will be a double for most of the players, completely destroy your plans and blink you to the potential of the double game of players? And that that's a dilemma, isn't it? It is. I, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, don't forget that they go straight into a blank yeah. as well. Totally. So again, it's this kind of like looking at it of if you just look at 35, obviously it's get as many United players in as, as possible. But when I actually look at my team and my spreadsheet, look, if Holding isn't playing, I've got Keenan Davis, you know, I've got, I've got some issues. And, you know, if I go three United players, it's given me even more issues, really. So what I could do is just go for Rashford and, and do Davis to Calvert-Lewin. And that gets me in Calvert-Lewin, who I was going to captain before this announcement anyway. Gets me, in, I mean, not just not just another fixture, but a, you know, one of the best fixtures. Um, Sheffield, well, the best fixture, Sheffield mm. United, straight into Sheffield United at home. Mm. Um, 
so it's just what damage can Fernandez do to me in, in, in that, you know, he's, we talk about effective ownership and there is, you know, obviously there's still a bit of fear that, that comes. I don't want to get him just because of that fear. No, but well, no, he's going to hurt. Like it's going to hurt if he, if he scores and then I haven't got him because he's going to be, he's surely going to be the most ever captain player in FPL history this week. You'd think, wouldn't you? But uh, like, like I said though, that also presents an opportunity because we're going back to the, the, whole, the whole EO argument. Absolutely. When you know, that the player base is going to be massively skewed towards one player. Absolutely. There is also an opportunity to go against that. And there's... And... and uh, go on. I was going to say, and a player who isn't in form. No. And is being flogged after death playing, playing tonight. Yeah. And, and a player who's got a Europa League final coming up, who blanks in 36, who could miss game week 38 if they rest players in that game as well. So there's, there's all kinds of reasons why. I mean, I haven't got any United players. So hence, I wasn't planning on getting them in. And I was really worried that I wouldn't have a captain. But of course, when Liverpool dropped to Dublin, it gives me an option, right? Mm. But the United treble changes things, right? It makes me think, that, like you said, surely I'm crazy not to be looking at United players. But I'm currently thinking I'm not going to look at any of them. I might get, a, de- I might get a defender. Yeah, I'm currently thinking I'll just stick to the plan. And... It could break my season, but by to what to, to what degree? Right, that's the thing. It's like I don't think I'm going to drop outside the 10k in this one week if I do it. I don't think I'm going to be like 30, 40 points down unless Bruno gets hat trick or something. But I can't see it. Oh, that soundbite you had. I know, the I know. Week. I keep remember? giving you these, don't I? Um, <laughs> but I just think this is an opportunity as well. It's like like how many people are going to be on Salah when he actually is a good captain? Mm. If you if, if United didn't have a treble. You'd be looking well, at Salah, and playing, right? They'd be playing a knackered United, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. You'd have thought. Well, I mean, if you go back to Legamane's graphic, look at the rest that they've got going into Southampton and then they've got a really decent rest going into United. So Liverpool will be fresh going into that game. United will be potentially flogged. And Liverpool need to win it, right? So they're going to go all out. So Salah, Liverpool aren't going to go there and not think we've got to win this game, we've got to score goals. They're going to do, they're going to try and play and score goals, right? So mm. they'll try and make it an attacking game. United will be doing the opposite, I imagine. I don't think United will want to trade blows after the programme they've got. So, yeah, Salah's an opportunity, right, straight away. And I think that, like you said, Calvert-Lewin and Dina and Zaha, these are all good players with good fixtures. The thing about Zaha, of course, is going back to Ben's, I'm chopping and changing, Ben's graphic shows that you know, they've got Sheffield United and Southampton, good fixtures, and then they go into Villa and Arsenal at home, which are decent fixtures. Mm. It's just Palace are awful, and um, Zaha could be injured, so there's definitely caveats. So I'm not decided yet, but I there are two schools of thought. This is this is an opportunity to go, go in hard and cash in on the treble, or conversely, it's an opportunity <laughs> to not take your eye off the ball and stick to a plan and go against it. Yeah. I like, I like what um, Soldeep said in the, in the chat. Mm. Uh, going all in on United and ignoring United, both seem bad moves. <laughs> yeah, so maybe the partial investment, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I, think, I think I'm probably going to go in. I'm, I'm going to ignore Bruno, I think. I think I want to get Calvert-Lewin in. I want, that, I want him for that Sheffield United in that Wolves game. So I think I'm going to go in with two United, which would be Greenwood and, and Rashford. And I think that's okay. And, and, and does I'll probably that mean... Captain and I'll probably captain Rashford now as well. Does that mean a hit for 36, though, in any way, to, to get 11 uh, out? Oh, do you know what? I haven't even updated my 
my spreadsheet. Oh, so you do, you're doing a, you're doing a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, well, start. took my advice on that. <laughs> that yeah. article, I write that bloody article for Fantasy Scout. I was up till I was up till midnight, and wrote the article, submitted it, all good, and then what? Twenty four hours later, triple game week, and the whole thing's meaningless. I know. Yeah. Not fair. Rip it up and start again. Yeah. I, I guess you spent another night working doing a revised version, did you? <laughs> no? No. I'm not as committed as you. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because um, for me, every United player I get in, that's a hit I've got to spend in game week mm. 36. So yeah. if I go in with Maguire, I, don't, I can't get 11 out in 36. I go in with Fernandez, I can't get 11 out in 36. And, you know, going in with Fernandez means, you know, I've got, I've, I'd have to sell him. I can't have him on my bench. So I'd have to take a hit to sell him. To, I mean, I could go back to Son or wherever I choose to transfer out. I could get anyone, I imagine. But it's still a hit. So I'll be taking a hit this week because I've got to get rid of Alonso, right? So I could go Alonso to Maguire for free and then leave it at that. But I really wanted Dina. So if I want Dina in, I've got to take a hit to get a United player. And then I've got to take another hit because I've got that United player. Yeah, so yeah. it's starting to not make sense. Unless you can say to me that United player will play three games. And even Maguire, he played tonight. I don't even know if he's going to play three now. Don't know. I don't. I know. It's, it's almost like a kind of insurance though, isn't it? You, you take out like you, you, a team like Man United with a triple game week. Like just, just think about the defence. Imagine if they just somehow got three clean sheets. And like Maguire or Henderson and stuff, they get like 30 points. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> like, I, I know it's unlikely. It could happen. No, the fixtures are, the fixtures are quite tough, but, you know, m- imagine Maguire gets a goal in the first game and then gets two clean sheets. Isn't that a nine bonus goal, two clean sheets, appearance well, points. While we're here, let's, get... <laughs> let's, look at, let's look at the attacking data of the teams as they play over the last four. Let's just focus on the bottom table. So over the last four, Liverpool are the best attacking team right, in terms of minutes per XG. Right? So I think a minutes per chance, 4.6 minutes per chance over their last four matches. I think a clean sheet against Liverpool is unlikely. Leicester, okay, they're down in, in sixth in our table. A chance every 5.3 minutes, pretty strong. Um, yeah, very strong. And minutes per XG, 55.9. Again, it would seem, based on the recent data and the fact that Ian Hatchow is in great form, you'd back Leicester to score. Wouldn't you? Um, Villa, not far behind Leicester. Look, they're seventh in the table. So the three teams that they're playing are all in the top seven in terms of minutes per XG over the last four matches. So. It would go against the data to suggest that their opponents wouldn't score, I would say. But it's possible because United will, I think, go into all three games going, we've got to preserve, preserve energy. We're, we're not going to, yes, they're not going to be playing in a kind of swashbuckling style, are they? Certainly not in game two and three. I wouldn't have thought. They're going to be managing them and keeping things tight and make it, you know, try and control the ball, control possession, I think. I mean, I don't, I mean, you presume, don't you? <laughs> they're not going to go, right, let's go hell for leather and, you know, press high up the field and they're going to no, need to I mean, they, 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 could, they, could, they could get drawn into it, right? Yeah. You know, especially, yeah. Especially against Leicester and Liverpool. If, you know, if they're playing high intensity, they, they, they're not going to be able to just sit sit back. It, a lot of it, I think, you know, the, the Villa game, 
the Villa game would be a lot better for us as FPL managers if it was sandwiched in between the two. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the fact that it's that one first and then two really tough games. Um, but I mean, may, maybe Leicester are going to be fairly happy to get a point at, at United as well. No. It's going to be a really boring game. They've got to win it, Leicester, haven't they? Ga- no, I don't think the so. They get top four. No, but they they want to they want to seal third place, and they'll even want to chase United. You'd think they've got to see this as an opportunity. I, I think they take they take a point against United. I think. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. If they can afford to, I guess. But no one wants to finish fourth because of the whole Europa League situation. Well, Leicester certainly don't because they're out. They could be out of the equation if if everything goes against them. So, mm, I, it's 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 a real conundrum. But the data that's, shows that's, that, that's, that's not true, is it? That's yeah, I think if the uh, is it, what was the Europa League outcome that would threaten fourth place qualifier from Europe? There is one, and I think it's still on, isn't it? I didn't. They, I thought they changed that. No, it's still no? no. It's still the case. I think that if there's a certain I think if, I don't know how it works, but if one of the English teams who are in the top four win the Europa League as well, I can't think, I can, someone in the chat will tell us, but there is definitely a outcome which would mean... Well, it, ha- it happened to Spurs, didn't it, years ago? They finished mm. fourth. And was it Chelsea who, who won? No, that was they won the Champions League. It was, it, was, it was when they won the Champions League, I think, and then, then they got in. I, I thought... Um, no, it's definitely on that fourth place okay. could, could if, if the outcome of the Europa League I think Arsenal need to win the Europa League. There's no way Arsenal's going to win the Europa League. Well, one game, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what the score is tonight, but the chat's it. divided. The right. chat's divided. They're is saying, it? you know, some people are saying it's I'm right. Some people are saying you're right. I think Leicester um, will want to win that game at Old Trafford. I don't think they'll go there and play for a point. But regardless, the data suggests that all three teams United playing, based on the last four matches, are in decent form. Right, so. I'm not sure we can bank on clean sheets, but you're absolutely right. If United get a couple of clean sheets and we don't have United defenders, it's going to hurt. But equally, you know, we're going to have double game week players instead of United players. Right? We're not going to have single game week defenders. So, you know, you could say that Dina with the fixtures that he's got, I think it's Villa and West Ham, could get a clean sheet or two or an assist and so cover that anyway. Um, yeah, it's just the. We're blink. We're blinded by this three matches, and we, know. we, you know, it's it's very difficult to resist it. Is Henderson the one to get? Is it best just to go in goal and just get Henderson? He's he's going to play three. People people have said that today, haven't they? Yeah, about that. But, but then it means losing losing Mendy or, or Martinez probably, who's who's got a double. And it's that third game week thirty six um, issue. And then doesn't it? have a game. Yeah. yeah, Mendy doesn't have a game, so you've got you'd have to lose Mendy. Yeah. But and hope yeah. you could only do it if you've got a keeper who plays in thirty six. Yeah, and then. And, you know, Ralph has come out and kind of give a vague puzzle about who he's going to play in the Southampton goal just to confuse things. Have you seen that? I'm going to play no. McCarthy in two, Forster in two. Who plays the first one? I'm not going to tell you. It's like, what are you doing with us? What are you doing? Not, or is no, it? not, not, I just need Forster to play in that in 36. I always haven't got yeah. a keeper. I'm not, I'm not taking a, I'm not taking a hit for one. I'd seen some reports saying that he'd actually said that Forster's, uh, McCarthy's going to play the next two. And then today I saw, Ralph being a bit more vague about it so there's uncertainty God's sake <laughs> anyway talking to keepers let's look at the double game week players and I've highlighted United players in all these tables um, obviously with the treble fixtures they're going to be the apples of our eye but in terms of a keeper if you were wild carding or free hitting at this point presumably you look at Martinez who's top of the these tables are all sorted by minutes per point would you look at Martinez? No. Would you not? I don't think so. 
I think I think I'd get Henderson at this point. I'd get Henderson, and I'd probably I'd probably get in someone like Sanchez. Like you've got to pair with him. I mean, Henderson's pretty cheap. I think it's only five point two. Five point two, yeah. Um, so he's he's less than Martinez. Mm. If you if you've still got Martinez, and then fair enough. But if you're if you're free hitting, I think it's it's you you get Henderson because I think he's your most likely player to get the three matches. Yeah. Um, then he's got the blank, but then it's Fulham and Wolves mm. at the end of the season. So I'd expect. I'd probably expect a couple of clean sheets in those as well. So, yeah, it'd be it'd be Henderson for me. So you get Henderson and make sure you get cover thirty six if you're yeah. wild carding. Yeah, so. just a, just just I think Sanchez is. I can't remember who Brighton have got, but um, I'll show you he, four point six. They got I got West Ham. Yeah, West Ham in that game, but Brighton's fixtures are pretty awful. This is the ticker sorted by overall. Let's go to ticker sorted by clean sheets. Um, yeah, Brighton are right down there on the defensive data on the ticker. Um, so you, yeah, you, you, if you're if you're wild carding, you'd need that first choice keeper to play all your matches, basically, other than than thirty six, I guess. Yeah, I see. I see. You mean. I mean, yeah, Henderson. Do you think Henderson's first choice then, as I alluded to earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah it seems I think so. that way. Yep. Yeah, I think he's he's De Gea has has been another strange season from him, where he's made mistakes, and you know they gave Henderson what a hundred thousand pound a week contract at the start of the season you don't just give him that contract and then you don't give that to a reserve goalkeeper mm. you give that to a player and say right let he earn earn first choice and he hasn't done anything wrong mm. he's since he's since he's been in the team he, he's been brilliant so I, th- I think I think he, he carries on I think he's earned it and you know De Gea's playing tonight and, and Barla Kant's playing quite well but I think I think Henderson sees out the season and, and starts in the final as well yeah I mean there are elements of De Gea's game Shot stopping in particular, you don't question, but it's just been his bravery in recent matches. He's not he yeah, really does shy away from 50-50s and any challenges where it, the potential to be to be hurt. A couple of times they've conceded goals, and you think De Gea should have gone with that yeah. full blooded, full blooded, and he hasn't. And so I think I really like him. I think I think he's I think he's a, he's an absolutely excellent goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I'd love to see him start for England. I think it's probably going to stay as Pickford, but yep. it shouldn't be. I think I think Henderson would, would now he's in the team for United. It'd be my choice. We're going to show a free hit team after this, but um, we're going to go to the defenders next. And as you've picked the free hit team, we're going to talk through. But oh. um, so you've got some, you've presumably got some favourites in this list of defenders as well. Again, sorted by minutes per point. Sure, Wambasaka is United player show up well in this. You know, mid table. Sure, certainly yep. the standout. But presumably he isn't going to miss one of the three games having played tonight. Tellers surely comes in for one of them. Do you see that? Yeah, must must do, must do. And I mean, Shaw's another player who's who's had injury problems, hasn't he? So they're the kind of ones that I'm looking at and thinking, oh, you don't really want to play Shaw in all three games. And also, I would say along with Fernandez, he's their most important in player mm. just because of how. I mean, his chances created this season, you know, I think we talked about it last week, being level with Messi or, or something. Mm. Is, you know, he's, he's just been absolutely outstanding. So they, they can't afford to lose him. They can't afford to lose Wan-Bissaka on the right because who the hell do they play on the right if, if he's out for a while? So I would be amazed if Shaw and Wan-Bissaka played all three. Right, so you see Wan-Bissaka missing one of the games. Yeah, well. definitely. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, think, I think that he can't, he can't play all three. Um but those fullback positions are too are too important for them, right? So we'll play a centre back at fullback, I guess, unless Williams moves across, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I mean, on on this list, I mean, the names that leap out for me, obviously the Chelsea defenders we know about, but they don't 
they don't play in 36. So it leaves you looking at Liverpool, doesn't it? And if you don't have Trent, it it looks to be a, a no-brainer. I mean, it, arguably, if you don't have Trent, you'd look to him over a United defender, mm. given that they play in 36. Do you concur I think Trent's that? a must. I think Trent's a must. I said I said in the FPL show last week, I think you, you, you've got you've to gotta have him. I, I still believe in him. <laughs> I still believe he's going to hit a massive haul before now the end of the season and it could well be this double game week. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with him. I like, and Dean as well. I mean, Dean's hurt both of us this season. Yeah. You know, it feels like we're, we're going back to, you know, a horrible X or something, but I, I do really like him and, you know, he got an assist and, and got all three bonus in a one all draw. So I know I couldn't believe that. I mean, obviously he set up a couple of big chances and that's where it came from. I, um, yeah, I was expecting more bonus from Calvert-Lewin. I only got the one point and Dina nicked him with a three. Shows you what yeah. he can do, doesn't it? I mean, in a clean sheet scenario, surely his bonus is in his back pocket, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the thing. If he creates, takes a couple of... And that's the thing. He, he was taking corners with Hammers out. So you can't count on that when Hammers plays. That's it. So he's perhaps less productive in terms of BPS when Hammers is there. But he, he's still tempting for me. So out of this table here, yeah, Trent is a must for me. Dino is a player I really want. I guess you look at one United defender and that would be Maguire, who's low down in terms of minutes per point. He's below Lindelof, he's below Tellers, Wan-Bissaka and Shaw. So he doesn't have perhaps the appeal of the others in terms of attacking output. But he's probably the most certain to play all three, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, still, even though he played tonight. But Castagna is, I know, a player you like as well. And he's in this table, 21.8 minutes per point. And... You know, you forgive some of Leicester's defensive indiscretions hmm. and still Oh, God, him. I mean, Jesus. I mean, the, you know, play against Southampton and Southampton go down to 10 men. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a nice clean sheet. I was, you know, I was thinking, okay, that's my clean sheet locked in for Castagna. Mm. And now I'm really worried about Vardy going mad. And they bloody score Southampton a few minutes later, you know. It's, yeah, it was, it was pretty stupid. I, I, I do, I, I like Castagna, but like we've talked about when he's on the right. So Pereira... Pereira, I think, will come in at some point, and that will make Castagna a less sort mm. of a, a less good option. But I don't think you have to worry about his, him starting and either start on the right or or on the left, where he's a bit less effective. Um, but yeah, then they then they have that blank, don't they? But, well, that's it. You know, Leicester investments are not going to see you right in thirty six. So if you're in the same situation as me, every time you bring one of these players in, you're 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 reducing your eleven or you're taking a hit in thirty six. Just 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 while we're on on the on that match. Mm. I don't like, it's not that I don't like VAR. I don't like the way VAR operates. And I talk about that a lot and some people agree with me, some people don't or whatever. But how is it that they can just keep getting these things so wrong? Like that red card for Vestergaard and then, and then they appeal it and then it gets overturned. I, do, you think it's, do you think it's to do with the slow motion thing that they're looking at everything in slow motion and it's making things look worse and they need better training on that to actually you know, be able to analyse slow motion footage better? I, I just, I, what is the point? What is the point of having this where these decisions are still wrong, it's ruining the game, and then they're just getting overturned at the game when the game ends anyway? I think the reason why they're not overturned is because when the referee on the pitch sees the incident clearly and makes a decision, it puts the VR, VAR official in a very difficult spot. They're effectively saying, no, you're wrong. You did, you had a good sight of it and yeah. you called it wrong. And I think there's a general, depending on who that VAR official is, some of them are strong enough to go, or maybe, you know, they, they're doing their job correctly, so I can't criticise them for doing it, but some of them are 
willing to make a colleague and put them aside and say, no, sorry, mate, you're wrong. You got that completely wrong, which is what they should be doing, right? Mm. But I think there's a reluctance to do that. That's the only explanation I can give because everyone else who viewed that incident went, well, that's not really a red, is it? That's a yellow at best. But it is But it is when you slow it down, right? Or it looks worse because you're as soon as you start slowing down footage, you're trying to spot something to make it something else. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but so it, they're looking it back over and over and over again to yeah. see and trying to determine intention or trying to determine, you know, where his foot's actually landed or, and all this stuff. And the more you look at something like that, the more it fits into whatever narrative that you've got. Because you're, you're not looking at something and trying to prove the negative effects of it because that's not, that's not kind of human nature to, to do that. I think they look at slow motion replays to kind of almost prove that it is a deliberate or a or a or a nastier foul, and that's what sways them, and that's what says. And that's why I talk about maybe having more training or, um, you know, learning, you know, looking at different like videos of slow motion footages which have a you know an objective right or wrong answer. I know that's not easy, but you know, the correct call in a way, and seeing if referees can get it right or get it wrong. I'd be interested to know because I don't think they I don't think they'd do well at all. I would agree with you, except the red card was not given for um, reckless tackle. What, what do you call it? Dangerous, dangerous tackle. Whatever the term is mm. for um, violent conduct, that's it. Mm. Um, it was given for denying a goal-scoring opportunity. So the studs on the ankle of Vardy had no impact on the decision. Mm. If it was given for denying a goal-scoring opportunity, they presumably felt that Vardy was either going to get to the ball or Vestergaard didn't touch the ball. It can't be in the latter. They surely would have seen the touch from Vestergaard. So they presumed that Vestergaard followed through to deny Vardy the opportunity to get to the ball, thinking that had he not done that, McCarthy would have not got to the ball before Vardy and Vardy would have scored. I don't so this know, is when they get you... the lines out and the, and the graphs and no, they try no, and work no, I don't out think the they distances do. and all this stuff. You don't? No, I don't think they do. And... They confirmed that on the night. I think they confirmed it at half time that that's what it was given for, which means that the, the studs on the ankle has nothing to do with the challenge. They didn't need, they don't, you know, the ferocity of that challenge had nothing to do with it. The fact that he stopped him and brought him down with the follow through, that's all that matters. And then it's down to, would he have got the ball before McCarthy? I don't, don't think how you can watch that and think he's, so I just think, again, they went, oh, the referee had a really good view of that and he's given it and we're not really confident enough to turn it, turn it around. I think, but I, I, I think oh, I don't. Sorry, I don't want to keep going on about this. Mm. But like, I, I just don't understand how we can all be watching the same game mm. as these referees, and like I can be watching it on TV and see it, and then see a replay and go, "Well, that's obviously not a red card." And then they analyse it for another five minutes, and then mm. come to the wrong decision, and then it gets rescinded but it, anyway. But it's hard because right? it's the wrong decision. I think it, you've got one man sitting at Stotley Park having to make that call and saying to the world that that referee got it completely wrong having had a clear view. I think that's a very pressurised situation. They need they need better training and I don't but know if, what the directives but why, are. But why should they have to prove it? It's supposed to be clear and obvious. If they're having to mm. spend five minutes debating a decision, then it's mm. not clear and obvious. So go with the referee. This is the whole thing that I hate about VAR is that they spend so much time making these decisions and they're wrong because mm. they've spent so much time overanalyzing whatever footage they've seen when it's clear to everyone watching within about 30 seconds what the right decision should be. One thing's anyway. for sure, a lot of fantasy <laughs> football pods have had moments like we just had where you start moaning about VAR this season. It's, it's been 
mentioned and talked about on Match of the Day, on every football show, far more than we'd like, isn't it? I just hope it gets less attention. It's a shambles. Yeah. I, th- I think it's an absolute shambles at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on. Let's look, let's look at, um, of this list here, of the players that play doubles and then play in 36, so that's, you know, Villa, Palace, Everton. Who's the other one? Villa, Palace, Everton, and help me out. Let's go back to the ticker. Uh, Villas, Palace, Everton, and Liverpool, of course. Yes, Liverpool. Who would you, who would you pick out there, defenders? I mean, would you go a Villa defender now? They, they were popular before Liverpool dropped in. No, no, I, I, I don't like, I don't like Villa defence at the moment, and I don't really know what's kind of gone so massively wrong with them. It's like Grealish has left, and ever since Grealish has left, they, they're conceding almost every game. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, w- I wouldn't go anywhere near their defence, to be honest. And Southampton. The, the only the player team. I like from Villa is is Watkins. Yeah. Southampton is the other de- team that plays in 36 and doubles. Oh, and definitely not going in there anywhere. Not, and there's not even a Southampton defender in this list, I don't think. That shows you how minutes per points they've been struggling. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's Liverpool or... Yeah, that, that's about it really in terms of Liverpool or Dina, <laughs> effectively, isn't it? If you want a defender at doubles and plays in 36, it's Liverpool or Dina. Yeah, I think I think Trent Trent yeah. and Dean's fine. Yeah, I'm. I think that I think if you've got those two, you've got a good solid defence for this weekend and next. So midfielders, um, Yotta at the top of the table in terms of minutes per point amongst the double game week players. Uh, Fernandez on the same though, twelve point eight, and and then Rashford's up there. He's the man that you've been talking about tonight. So Rashford is high. He's higher than Greenwood on sixteen point nine over the season. So I can see why you've got him in the conversation if you're not going to go Fernandez, and he'll be on penalties in the match that Fernandez doesn't play, of course, mm. as well. If he plays, <laughs> if, he, if he plays that game as well, yeah, um, yeah. There are some other options here, though. If you want a player who doubles and plays in 36, El Ghazi, talk to me about him. What's your thoughts on him? I I like him as a player, but I've never really considered him as an actual FPL player. I think he's one of these. One of these guys who's got massive potential and always looks really good when I watch the game, but never really gets up into that kind of top bracket of someone that I I kind of consider. Um, but if you're not if you're not looking at Watkins, then he's he's the best mm. he's the best option to go for. I had no idea he was going to come out this highly on on this table. Thirteen point five minutes per point. But when he plays, he produces points at a very good rate indeed. Yeah, and I mean eight goals is a, is a good return for a five point two million. Excellent midfielder. Yeah. So yeah, I hadn't considered him. But and he's on penalties like with Grealish not about. He's on penalties, but arguably where Grealish is about as well. So mm, he's a good shout, Mark. I like him. Hadn't thought about him. Yeah, I, I think that. And if you need it, Bruno money, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, this is what I mean. You, we shouldn't be blinded by the United options to the fact there are still good players out there. And, and the other name that I would pick out, who's further down the list, is Zaha, of course. Uh, minutes per point 17.7 now I don't know what the news is going to be from Hodgson tomorrow Zaha felt a groin injury in the game at the weekend against City and was very ineffective didn't I mean I used it as a scouting mission at the end of it I thought well Palace are awful (laughs) Zaha ineffectual why would I go there but it's it's the fixtures Sheffield United and Southampton both away from home in 35 but Palace and Zaha are a lot stronger away from home Zaha's got six goals in 12 games away from home um, against teams outside the top six this season. So he has done well against you know, 
the non-big six away from home. He's been very strong. Um, so you back him. If, if you think Palace will score at Sheffield United, which, let's face it, is fairly likely, do. Mm-hmm. and could score against Southampton, you duck it. And what's, what's attractive about Zaha is that he plays in 36 as well. Um, and if we look at the attacking ticker, Palace are up there third. Um, if you look at the game weeks from now until the end of the season, with their double in 35, their fixture in 36 at home to Villa, 37 Arsenal, and 38 Liverpool away. But yeah, anything could happen in the final day. So Zaha is someone who appeals to me before even the treble was announced, and maybe still. What's your thoughts on him? I can't say anything more than you said. I really like him. I, th- I think if he was if he was 100% fit, he would be one of the first names that I'd be considering this week. You know, any any team with a double, and one of those doubles is Sheffield United, I think is a, is a great pick. The fact the other double is Southampton, you know, those, those are games Palace should score in and he's going to be involved, I would have thought, if, if he plays. So it's a shame he's picked up this, this groin injury because it kind of does put me off mm. a bit. Especially, I know, I know groin injuries. I mean, not amazingly <laughs> so you know, well. Intimately? But... <laughs> okay. I said that well, and I was like, well, I'm definitely going to get called out for this. Yeah, don't, yeah, let's not go there. But groin injuries are nasty, right? They niggle. They they don't they, they don't just clear up after a week or a couple of weeks or something. They they tend to hang around for for a little while. Um, so it could be that the double is you know even if he is fit, he only plays one of them because then he's and then he's rested for the other. So I, yeah. I actually think he's he's a bit too much of a risk to get. He him is at this a, point. Unless Hodgson says he's got a clean bill of health, compl- he hasn't felt it. Because otherwise, yeah, he can exactly. strike a ball in one of those games and then be off and then miss yeah, the next one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it's it's a, such a shame because if he was hundred percent fit. I'd even look to him for the captaincy as a real yeah, so good I. differential captain. Yeah, absolutely. But you're absolutely yeah. right about the nature of the injury. There is, there is another thing that puts me off. We it's go called back. Ben Dinnery. Yeah, well, expert on the injury. I mean, you know, you know Goins intimately. I'm not sure if Ben does. We can go there. Um, <laughs> looking at attacking data, uh, look at Palace here. Over the season now, they are the worst team in the league for minutes per XG over the season. And then you go, oh, they might not be over the last four. Yeah, no, they're not, but they're second worst <laughs> to Sheffield United. So yeah. there is no question that the Crystal Palace attack is absolutely dreadful, other than Zaha, I guess. Jesus, I, I tell you, it's a hell of a job, whoever... I mean, surely Hodgson isn't going to do the rebuilding of, of Palace, because, I mean, you know, have you seen you've seen their... their um... Players out of contract. I think it's at the end of next season. Like half the squad mm. is like is out of contract. So I wonder who's gonna who's gonna be around. And they they you know they need they need Hodgson is is an absolutely incredible manager. But he, he I don't think he can. I don't think he's got the energy as he to to oversee a full Premier League rebuild that that they obviously need. Because mm. they've got to turn they've got to like turn this around. And yeah, I I, I wonder who they're going to bring in. But they, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And I I I think it's a testament to how well Hodgson's done. In his time, because yeah. they shouldn't they shouldn't be comfortable. I don't think. I don't like. I look at their team and their squad, and you know, you take out Zaha, and it just looks like such a below average squad to me. But they never seem to be have any real issues with staying up. And every year, I tip them to go down, and every year I'm disappointed they manage to stay up because I hate them. Uh, but they they do, and I and I like Hodgson, so fair play to him. But no, I mean this 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 doesn't surprise me. I I, I expect them to lose every match, and they don't. No, that's true. And they haven't even had, I, I wouldn't have said Zaha has been at the peak of his powers by any means this season. No. So he's had his star player kind of treading water at times and struggling with injuries. 
Um, he's had a defence, which they've also had injuries in defence. I mean, Cahill, Tompkins, they've missed them. When they most started of the season. the season, and like, yeah. like Coyote and... Um, yeah, well, Coyote's been there most of the season, hasn't he? I know. He's been he's been amazing. Mm. He's, he's been absolutely incredible. I mean, the back, what was the first back when the first game? They had like Mitchell, they had Coyote, and who was their other centre-back? I think it was someone else that... Oh, well, Scott Probably Dan, I expect, wasn't it? Scott it? Dan's played. Yeah. I mean, Scott Dan doesn't look like a Premier League player, but it managed to patch him up and get him out there and do a job. It's, yeah, he's done yeah. brilliantly. But again, I don't like back in Palace. And even if it is Zaha fully fit, I worry about it. I, I don't know. I might still be prepared to do it because it is Sheffield United and it is, it is Southampton who haven't got much to play for as well. Nothing to play for, arguably, as well. Um, let's look at the forwards. There's not much to pick from for forwards, is there? If you're looking for double game week players. So if you're building your free hit, if you're doing a wild card, it's really Ian Acho for sure. Calvert Lewin, probably. Watkins, yeah. probably. It's names that we've had and we've circled all season effectively. There's no one there's no one on this list here that we've got in front of us, you know, sorted by minutes per point again, which leaps out as somebody new that you would go with. You've we've talked about Cavani because with the treble, but I don't think he'll get I don't think I'll get more than one game myself, but is would there you, anything would you drop there? Kane? Would you drop Kane for one of these guys? No, which is, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, I think that Leeds without Phillips, which it could be again, even though Leeds have been strong defensively, I think when Phillips doesn't play, there's vulnerabilities there. He, you know, he affects the attack and the defence. And I think Mason's obviously playing attacking football. They could get a couple of goals at Leeds and I'm tipping them to do that. So mm. I wouldn't sell Kane uh, because the, I don't think the other options that we've got here are that convincing. Obviously, I like Ian Acho. I like Calvert-Lewin. Watkins is in fine form in terms of the time. He's returned in the last four. Mm. But he's not... I don't think he's got a big return coming anytime soon. Whereas Kane could have... 13 goals is... is... Done well. An unbelievable return for, for for Watkins. I mean, if Brighton had a you know a striker that could get us thirteen goals, it would be it'd be incredible. I mean, you know, same same amount of goals as like Lacazette, Vardy. Yeah, and you've got to think he yeah. kicks on next year, right? Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's a really really talented player. I, th- I think he's excellent. You know, he's, he's now kind of in and around the England squad as well, which is great. Um, I think he he and he doesn't. I think he. I just, I remember when Lee posted about him not being a very good player and I just thought, what? <laughs> like he seemed to just bring so much to the team. If if I was a manager, he'd be exactly the kind of striker that I'd want. He's you know, he's a he's a he's a player who can get you this many goals. Thirteen goals is an incredible debut season. He's a player who brings energy to like every match he plays, leads the line so effectively, brings other players into the game, you know, perfect. I think I think he's top top player. Yeah, I mean he's one we're gonna be looking at next season. You know, hopefully Villa keep Grealish as well. I mean, I don't really want Grealish to leave. I like him at Villa. I like him as a player there. So I want him to remain there and be a really strong option for us next season because that will make Watkins a better player too, obviously. No chance. No, I don't think so either. I live in the real he world, goes. not the fantasy world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, nice. I, just, nice. I just can't I just can't see that happening. But, you know, yeah, Watkins is better. But I still think that I would rather have, I mean, I've got Kaney and Nacho and Calvert-Lewin. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I would be. And I think that if I was wildcarding, I would be reluctant to look beyond those three, to be honest. So, um, yeah. Yep. Um, let's look Agreed. at the team that you put together then. So if you're free hitting, or even if you're wildcarding, I guess, but certainly if you're free hitting, have a look at this. Talk us through this then, um, As. 
Yeah, I mean, I put this together and I thought, oh my God, I wish I had a free hit because mm. that really would make my life a lot easier. So I put um, Henderson in goal with Forster. Uh, I went for a back three of Dina, uh, Alexander-Arnold and Castagna uh, and then just Mitchell and Stryker's, um, you know, bench fodder. Uh, Salah Abamyang, who we haven't really talked about, mm. but I think could be, you know, he's got that West Brom game and Lacazette's back on the bench now. When I put this together, I, I wasn't sure about his availability, but... You know, if Aubameyang's going to be up front against West Brom, then this, this might be worth thinking about. Uh, Fernandez, Greenwood, Zaha. So five in midfield. Take that punt on Zaha in the end. And then uh, Inacho and Calvert-Lewin up front with Davis. So no Kane. Um, I think if, I do think if you're free hitting, then I think you, you attack the double. Oh, Bengals. yeah. You, you don't go yeah. with Kane or Son if you're free hitting. Or Lingard or players like that, I don't think. I think you can afford to overlook them. If you're wildcarding, you probably have to be, well, you do have to be more mindful of Game week 36 and beyond, of course. And and that's where getting rid of Kane is a lot more difficult, I think. Um, yeah. Maybe not Lingard. But yeah, they'd, 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 be, they'd be my three. If I was going to pick three United, I'd pick mm. Henderson, Fernandes and Greenwood. Um, I think you've got Henderson there just for, you know, just to mop up any clean sheets that they do manage to get and she'll get some save points. And I think he'll play all three. And then you've got Fernandes and Greenwood for potential. Um, you know, I, I do like the look of Maguire. Mm. I think Lindelof is, is an option. I mean, he missed out today um, as well. I think Rashford uh, is good. Uh, you know, I think there's and Cavani. I think that there are options in 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 the team, but you know, you've got you can only have three. So if I'm free hitting, I think they're the ones that I would I'd take. Yeah, Lindelof missing out tonight is interesting actually because I guess he could be filling up right back. Well, Cody, Cody to Lindelof, for example, about the mm. same price. Yeah, and I Cody's can... useless. You're down on Cody. He's he's, he's so <laughs> good at post match that I don't, I can't knock him. He's so funny post match. Um, but. Yeah, Lindelof, having not played tonight, suddenly does appeal to me, whereas before he didn't. And I will talk about that when we look at my team, because he does make, he opens up options if you can go Lindelof. Um, okay, let's look at chip strategies then. Having discussed that that's a free hit team that you put together, it is, we haven't got any chips between us, right? So did you like it, by the way? I did. Very strong. Oh, I like the Aubameyang pick. Thank you. Um, did you just put him in to make me say him or was there other motives behind <laughs> you it? You nailed it. Oh, you nailed you. it, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but Aubameyang then, you just think, because, you know, he's 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 captain, right? So he's he's going to play whether he plays on the left or up front. And Yeah, and, and like he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a player who I don't think many people will have or, mm. or want to get, especially with the, especially with the um, United news. No one's going to be thinking, oh, I need to get in Aubameyang for this, for this game week. So... His ownership's 7%. He's, he's barely going to have anyone in. The Chelsea game is a bit of a kind of lottery. Um, I, you know, you're not expecting huge things, but West Brom at home in that first game, he could, he could get a hat-trick in that. Yeah. You wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. So I just think he's, he's a, he might be someone that a bit left field. And the thing is, with the free hit, you've got to have one or two in there. That are yeah, a bit, exactly. Because if you go... That's why with like Zaha or Aubameyang. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think, I think that's what you've got to look for. We don't have to go mad with it, but one or two... Strong differential. And the thing is with Aubameyang, he is an explosive differential. Yeah, like Bale last week, as we saw, there aren't many players who, who can get you a differential and get you hat-tricks. And Aubameyang is certainly fits that bracket, right? So I absolute logic behind it. So these, these, I mean, I was just thinking today about whether if I had the chips and what the various combinations of chips, what I'd do given the situation we're now presented with. So we'll, we'll talk through this and see if you agree. These are, these are by no means optimum, you, know, you, you love that, optimal um, FBL strategies. I'm sure there is an optimal. I'm sure there is. 
<laughs> just saying this to wind us up. Um, but the, these are these are strategies. That I, you know, having given it some thought, I think makes some sense. So if I had the free hit, I would play in 35 or depending if I had some United players already, I'd dead end another one in or even two in with a hit and then play the free hit in 36 to get you through that game week. Yep. You're about right with that? Yeah. Okay. Wild card similar. I'd either play this week to get United players in, or if I had some, maybe one or two, I would dead end another one or two in, or another one in, maybe an obscure one, uh, and then, again, play the wild card in 36 to get yourself through. I think I'd probably do that. Mm. Depending on how many, you know, I think if you've got sort of eight or nine double gaming players anyway, and maybe one United, I don't think the wild card this week is that necessary. No. You could get in another two United players or something and then and then hit the wild card in, in 36. I mean I haven't just those final and attack those final three games. Yeah. I haven't built my team for this double game week at all. I don't think many have. Hmm. Um and yet I've got seven double game weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so exactly. I, I would say that most managers would have around that without even yeah. trying. So yeah, I, I think play wild card in 36 makes the most sense. Bench boost. Yeah, I mean, I, why would you not play it now? Because, I mean, we've spoke about before, the best time to play a bench boost is in double game weeks because then you've got more chance of your bench players actually being and remaining bench players, right? So I think if you've got the bench boost and only the bench boost, you play it, play it now, you've don't you? You've got to. You've got to. Mm. You've got to play it this week if, yeah. you've got the, if you've still got the bench boost. And triple captain similar, I think. Are you going to get a better option? You're not going to have another double game week. So you... Imagine you could be, you could hit a 40 I mean, yeah. point, like, oh, it's, you just, yeah, if, all, if everything just aligns for you and you've, you've triple captain the United player. It'd be incredible because I points. think you've probably been getting some sticks saving it all this time. Yeah. People probably, you know, your mates or whoever's in your mini league going, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing it? Double game weeks are gone. And then you know there's this one more coming and you saved it for this and then a treble drops in. You must be rubbing your hands, right? It's a gift, isn't it? But, and the people yeah. with a free hit as well. I mean, it just, yeah. I don't think it could be. And I think a lot of people were, I know Andy was anno- a bit annoyed that he'd saved the free hit all this time and then it looked like Liverpool were going to get that double game week mm. anyway. Mm. So everyone was kind of going to gain a few more players. I mean, this has just blown that out of the water. I mean, the free hit is just perfect. Mm. Well, but we have seen, I mean, I've seen firsthand how much the optimism that chips create how much it can let you down. So I'm not, I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm not envious of people with chips left, but I'm not kind of thinking it's a done deal by any means. And you can't, I don't think, because it, it, the events that happen could really conspire against you. I mean, I'm very jealous. I mean, it's possible, right, that your free hit team that you bring in still scores less than the team you had before you free hit. Yeah. I mean, that's the, always the fear, isn't it? It's not likely you wouldn't have thought if you've already got if you've only got like four or five double game week players, but if you had six or seven already and then you free hit and you take some of them out for others or United don't deliver, which is possible, then yeah, it could well, sting this, I mean, this is, this is why I like a free hit in the blanks. Mm, so yeah. really, you know, if, if you've got multiple cheap chips, cheap chips uh, left, then, you know, I think you might prioritise, you know, if you've got like nine double game week players in the United and you've got the triple captain and the free hit, like you say here, I think you use a triple captain this week and you free hit next week. Mm. Yeah, and you and yeah, this this dead end. You know, you can because you, you, you the thing with United as well is after the blank, they then got those two really good games. 
So dead ending your team with United players and then free hitting and then getting those United players back in for the last two game weeks is is really strong. Yeah. Uh, wildcard and bench boost I've got here. You play the wildcard in 35 and you bench boost in 37. You're obviously not going to bench boost in 36 because you've got players missing. Um, you probably won't have a bench in, in 36. So, And I don't think you save it for 38. I just mm. think 38 is a lottery, isn't it? Oh, well, I saw it last, last season. I, I'd save my free hits of the fun day of the season. Yeah, it went I, absolutely mm, terribly. I think a free hit's awful. all right. Free hit's okay, but bench boost, you need to get 15 players, right? ideally. Sure, you bench boost this week, though. Uh, yeah, but what do you do with the wild card then? Wild card in 36, I guess. 36. Yeah, you could do. So you can reverse that round. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, I've said earlier, you bench boost now if you've just, just or, got or you use it, Or use it in 35. Because, I mean, you know, some of the players who, who haven't got games, like the likes of Mendy, Chelsea defenders, I mean, how, what's, I don't know what's going to happen with them um, if the final games of the season. I don't think the fixtures are that good and they've got the Champions League final to look, look forward to and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Leicester as well. What, your wild, so you could take your out... Wild card in 38? Is that what you're talking about? Then? 36. Yeah, 36, yeah. 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 So you bench boost so bench, 35. bench boost this week. Yeah. Wild card. And you either wild card in 36 or 37. Yeah, that's the alternative approach. I mean, it depends on when all these are based on what your team looks like going into this situation. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, free hit and bench Lots boost. Lots of disclaimers tonight. I like well, it. Lots of caveats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many permutations. When I started looking at this, I'm like, well, that could work, that could work. Uh, free hit and bench boost. So dead end Man United assets with hits, bench boost and 35, which is, yeah, again, going back to the whole, if you've only got bench boost, you play it in 35. Yeah. And then you free hit your way out of those dead ends. That's the, that's, the op- that's the optimum yeah. one. If you've got free hit and bench boost left, you're, you're going to have a strong end to the season. Yeah. No doubt. Should have. Yeah. And then free hit and triple captain. You triple captain in 35 and free hit in 36. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. That one. Easy. And then wild card and triple captain. Again, I've gone triple captain 35 and also get dead end United assets yep. in to wild card and 36. That's Completely pretty, pretty straightforward as well. So the mm-hmm. only one then is the wild card and the bench boost, really. That's the one mm. that's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I um, think I'll just, I'll just swap that around. But. Yeah. I think the others are kind of pretty solid, those options. So anyway, hopefully... If you've got chips out there, that's helped a bit, but maybe not if it's the wild kind of bench boost you've got. Let's <laughs> just see. <laughs> um, right, what are we going to look at next? What was it? It was going to be our predictions, I think. It is. Um, another poor week for us, really. <laughs> I got I got, the, um, I got the Spurs score, right? Both times I've selected Spurs to win 4-0 against Burnley and Sheffield United, I've got it spot on. I'm very good yeah. at predicting Spurs thrashings, but not much else. Sadly, but um, I think I beat you this week for the first time in a while. I think you did. Yep, the gap mm. is twenty-two points, um, thirty-two points rather. So my percentage it's all about gone that down. percentage outcome. Yeah, me, that, that third one down. That's where that's where I want us to be, even or, or yeah. ahead of you a little bit. For the podcast listener, as is on forty-five point four percent correct outcome, I'm on forty-eight point seven. I'm genuinely quite happy with that. Are you? Uh, yeah, like around fifty percent. I think that's not bad. You're not going to retire on your gambling winnings on a forty-five percent outcome. <laughs> yeah, but at least I don't look like a complete mug on here. Like, imagine if we were doing this podcast and I had like a five percent <laughs> <laughs> yep. prediction rate. That is always the fear when you do these things, isn't it? That your it rank really and your predictions are going to. Well, be... you didn't want to do these. You didn't no, want to mug these, did you? It's me. I didn't have any. Me, but... So we've got a lot of fixtures to get through. We're not going to talk about all of them in detail, but we've put the predictions in this is just page one obviously um let's pick out some low we both predict a Leicester win I don't think there's too much to talk about there 
I think Newcastle will score. Um, you're going with your Castagna pick and your clean sheet there. Um, I've got a Spurs victory at Leeds. I think the Phillips yeah. factor will mean that I think Spurs have got a chance of getting a couple of goals there. I do like the Leeds defence, but I just think Phillips is um, such a big loss if indeed he does miss out. Rafina, I don't think he'll turn up either, sadly. Anyway, Can I just on. say, yeah. you're wrong again about Brighton v Leeds. What did I predict? You said 2-0 Leeds, I think. Yeah, I did. And I said to you, there's no way that they will win by that game by two goals. I didn't know, but they you always beat them in the championship as well. When you're in the championship with them, I think that I think you've they've lost about six consecutive games against you now. Yeah, I didn't realise so you you are somewhat of a bogey team if you believe in that kind just, of thing. Just, I was just like I don't look just like I was earlier in the season. I've just I just sensed that Brighton v Leeds, Brighton just have the upper hand in it. Um, and yeah, it was because... interesting. They spoke to I don't know what Leeds player it was post match, um, and they said, "Oh, the formation really gave us problems." And and he said, "It's given us problems before." So it's like. Mm. Like a puzzle that be even Bielsa couldn't solve. Um, Potter versus Bielsa is a very interesting matchup. Yeah, it is. Both, yeah, both forward-thinking modern managers. I, I it's like the, it. it's the it's the best I've seen Brighton play all year, and it was actually turned into a win mm. for the one of the few times it oh. actually is because normally Brighton play well and they lose or draw, but to actually win the game comfortably and to play as well as they did was 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 a great result. I've watched both games and Brighton played well in both. Arguably, yeah. Brighton's two best performances of the yeah, season. I think they are. I've come against Leeds. Uh, Sheffield yeah. United Palace, you've gone one nil, I've gone the two. Um, I just, yeah, I just... To I Palace. Yeah, two nil to Palace, you've yeah. gone one nil. City, Chelsea, I've gone a draw. It's a rehearsal mm. of the Champions League final. Um, Tuchel, I like a lot in terms of his pragmatic approach. Uh, I see them scoring and, and I don't know what kind of team City I mean Pep won't want to give it. too much away will he What's they can that? win it they, they can win the league with a victory here but do they even need a victory if the results go their way I don't know but I, 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 just, I just think I just think Pep's going to want to win it I think, I think strongest team goes out against Chelsea this weekend you're probably right but then the Champions League situation clouds it a bit because this is a dress rehearsal and it's like Giving Tuchel another kind of look at his... No, just batter them. Batter them 5-0. Well, get the psychological watch, watch, Yeah, watch them rock up to the Champions League they final and just lost 5-0 a few weeks ago. Chelsea do not lose. <laughs> no, I mean, the they won't. Final. They won't. But, I just, you know, I, 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 think, I think he plays the strongest team. Do you? Yeah. I don't see it. I, I, I think he'll want to keep some cards up his sleeve for the final. Interesting. But, yeah. Liverpool, Southampton, both gone home wins. You've gone the 2-1. Southampton score him without Ings. Do you see that? I just... Maybe if things is fit, but that's it's more it. more of a lack of trust in Liverpool's defence yeah, than I can see that. Southampton. Yeah, I've gone one 0 Wolves, Brighton. You have gone two one to Brighton. You're yeah. in a, you're on a roll with Brighton, aren't you? Um, <laughs> well, Danny Welbeck, what a goal he scored! So yeah, the confidence oh. oozing through Welbeck at the moment. Oh, Why not? The turn and the oh, it was so good. It really was. Wolves are terrible. Like, Wolves are genuinely terrible at the mm. moment. Yeah, we slag them off a lot, don't we, on this show? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brighton are very good at playing terrible opposition and, and <laughs> losing, but I, th- I think I think we'll win this one. Okay. Um, Villa, United, we've gone 2-1, you've gone 2-0. Um, I think that's straightforward. I, I do think Villa will score. I mean, I, I'm presuming a weaker United team here. This is why I've gone, they've conceded. Mm. Uh, West Ham, Everton, very tight. We've both gone a draw. Everton's away form has been the thing that's caught the eye this season. I mean... Shall we talk about Antonio at this point? What an impact yeah. when he comes back. I know. I love him. 
I love him so much. He's genuinely one of my favorite players ever and had no idea he was coming back. No, that took me completely by surprise. I mean, he hasn't got a double game week, so he's not on the agenda, but... But you you want a West Ham attacker for those those last few games, and I think if you are wildcarding, I think I think you go Antonio over Lingard now. Yeah, and just I mean I keep going back to the data, but I just want to look at the player data over the season. And Antonio is now top um, of that table, minutes per xG, non penalty, one hundred and sixteen point seven, the best of any player in the Premier League. And then you look at last four game weeks, and Antonio's top of that as well. Obviously, with a small amount of sample, but just incredible. What he has, um, what he has done this season. If only Can he stay fit. No, is it? Can he stay fit for those final few games? You, every, you know, he, he he did look super fit against Burnley. He was he was running and closing down the ball. You know, when he came back last time, and it was almost like Moyes had gone, well, "Don't run too much. You know, just do do enough, yeah. but not too much." And you could see he was first three or four games. He was really struggling to get up to speed. Yeah, yeah. And then, ironically, in the game he looked on it, he got the injury again, didn't he, against Wolves? So. Yeah, it's, we can't invest, can we? And it's such a shame. I think we can. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, for the final two or three games. Right. Why not? Yeah. Okay. I like him. All right. And so Arsenal-West Brom is where we're at. Both gone a home win here. West Brom really has gone down for them, isn't it? So yeah. it's um it should be formalities for Arsenal here. Depends on, I guess, the team they play who turns up on the day, but I've gone a 3-1, you've gone 2-0. Fulham-Burnley, both gone away wins. Burnley playing a different brand of football these days. And, um, yeah, Chris, Chris Wood. Wood yeah. flying. Absolutely. So we've both gone, mm-hmm. again, Fulham like West Brom, very little to play for. Page two of the fixtures, United-Leicester, you, interestingly, have gone on a away win. I have. What's the thinking there? The thinking is, is that I, I think United are going to be knackered. <laughs> what after Roma and Villa? Yeah, and I, I just think I, I don't know how they're going to approach this game. Um, and I, I did say earlier that I think you know Leicester might might be happy with a draw, but I th- I think they might have too much for them with with Vardy and Inacho up front and the, the midfield looking so strong and the wing backs. And I wonder what team United are going to play. And there is a part of me that thinks this is the game where we see some some rotation for United more so than than the Villa game actually. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back Leicester in this one. I think they're gonna win it. Okay, I've gone one all. Southampton Palace two one. You've gone. I've gone one all there as well. Um, Chelsea Arsenal. We've both gone a home win one nil two one. Villa Everton. I've gone the away win here. I, I Everton away from mm. home. I think I really fancied them. And um, Villa are kind of yeah. I mean Watkins is playing very well. Well, Garzi in flashes, but I think Everton. They're a funny team. You can never predict. Beat them last week. Yeah, two one. Villa. Yeah. They did, but I think revenge here. Away from Goodison Park, Everton mm. pick it up, don't they? And we've both gone Liverpool win at Old Trafford. Yeah. So you've basically predicted United to lose both their games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's ridiculous, right? Three games in six days. It's completely five insane. Five days. Five days. It's completely insane. Mm. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. So I'm going to back in their last two games that they lose. I mean, I, I, the, the narrative I'm going with in that game is United will want to keep it tight and it will be tight and Liverpool will just nick a goal at the yeah. end and near the death. But, I mean, it's very hard. I mean, obviously it's pure speculation, but you've got to think the amount of games in that short space of time will affect what we see in those matches. So, we'll see, won't we? Uh, okay, we are going to look at the catching situation next. 
And this um, will start with The Matrix, which we won't dwell on too much. I think what The Matrix shows, though, primary candidates in the first column, that Salah, you know, is going to be a great catching option for the final three game weeks. And and now that he's got the double as well, um, if you haven't got Salah, I find it difficult to justify not getting him in at this point um, in any wildcard situation, certainly. And if you haven't got him, again, should you be distracted by United players and go without Salah over the last four? I think mm. that's difficult. I think that's difficult to, to justify, really, given the fixtures that he's got. West Brom, Burnley and Palace to end on. All matches that presumably Liverpool will need to win. They've got the incentive and the firepower to do damage in those games, you think. So, yeah, I mean, it looks very good um, for Liverpool assets over this run-in as well. Differentials-wise, we've said before, game mix 36, 37 and 38. Got some nice options there. And I think Antonio has got to be in there now, hasn't he? Like you said, mm. we've, we've got Lingard highlighted for matches against Brighton, West Brom, Southampton. But Lingard, I thought, at Burnley, played a different role. He, was, he, he seemed to be out wide more often, coming deeper more often. And that worried me a bit. I want to hold him, but I'm now thinking that he could be disposable and he could be benchable for this game week with just a single fixture. What's your thoughts on, if you didn't have Lingard or Antonio, I presume you'd go Antonio now. Yeah, I think so. Um it was obvious with Lingard, wasn't it? You know, their stats didn't paint. <laughs> yeah, the data would come in eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think if I was going to pick one now, I think I think I would go for Antonio, just just because he's a bit different. Not many people are going to have him, and Lingard has kind of. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't. I think Lingard is still going to. He's still yeah. an option, still going to pick up points, but I, I just rate Antonio so highly. Mm. Uh, and when they were both fit, I had Antonio over Lingard, and mm. well, I didn't get away with it because Antonio got injured. But um, I think I did get a bit unlucky with it. So yeah, yeah I, I think uh, Antonio's an exciting captain in, in 37, if you can get him in. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the fixtures they got. I, I'm Especially not, the Nacho um, fixtures being tough. Yeah. I'm not admit, yeah, I'm not saying Lingard's finished yet because he did have that chance at the death, didn't he, at Burnley, which could have gone in. And the difference is they have been going in for him. That's a, just not this time. So let's not give up on him yet, but we need a bit more of the eye test to see how Antonio's yeah. return is affecting stuff. Okay, Captain Kansas, it, it, it seems... All very straightforward. If you've got Fernandez, you go with Bruno, right? Or wrong? I want to. I want to say no. He played ninety again tonight. Did he? He has played. I think he's, he's going to play ninety. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that is really surprising. Oh, he, well, he can't. Sorry, he can't have played neither. Only at sixty-eight okay. minutes. Right. But it's, I think. I think it's two all. So he's played over sixty minutes. He's he's had an assist. Cavani's got two goals. Right. Um, he's still surely on that ties up, that, mm. surely that ties over so get him off I'm, surely surely they take him off but yeah. still a still a pretty sizable amount of minutes played mm. as well I didn't expect uh, I don't expect I expect him to come off now with 20 minutes to go but we'll see but yeah I, I, it's very hard to argue against it it's like last week when we said well it could be that Kane doesn't get the most points but it's very difficult to justify taking a punt in a week where you've got such an overwhelming favourite for the captaincy. I think if you've got him, you captain him. Yeah, and I think you just you just that you know you it's it's just obvious, right? I, I think if you don't have him though, and it's not easy for you to get him, or there's like other players that you do that's, want to that's target, like me, us, yeah. yeah, and me as well, exactly. Then I, then then I don't know. It's it's a it's a really weird one. I can't really remember a kind of situation like this because it is it is literally that what we said. Um, at the start, it seems a bad idea to rip your team apart to get him in. Seems a bad idea not to have him at all. So, 
really tricky. I, I think I'm going to avoid him. I, th- I think I am going to go for Rashford and, and get Calvert-Lewin. Um, and you're going to captain Rashford? And I'm going to captain Rashford. Are you? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Because I look at these, this data here and Salah and Iheanacho in any other week look very strong. And Salah in particular, I think, because of the situation that Liverpool are in. Yeah, maybe it is Salah. They've got maybe to win. The They've got to win those games, and they're they're playing United, who presumably will be either weakened or tired. Um, and I just Salah, want to captain a player in a triple. I, want I know, to a I know. You, yeah, all in, right? You want to get all in on well, the it's triple? Just like, you know, I've yeah. said this before. At the end of the day, we play FPL for fun and to be entertained. It's the second triple game week in what fourteen years of, of playing it or whatever it is. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I kind of feel like you know Rashford misses a game, he gets managed. Who cares? It's triple game week. They could hit forty points. I, I, I get it, but for me, like I said, every United player I bring in, it's a hit in thirty six now. Yeah, no, I know. and so I can't justify it. I don't think. And I look at this data and I look at Salah's form. Yeah, minutes per shot over the last four game weeks, 16.6. Iheanacho, 18.9. Greenwood, 18 minutes. And Fernandez, Fernandez is good, 26.9. But Salah and Iheanacho are very strong. And, and Iheanacho's got Newcastle United and Salah's got Southampton United. So I guess it comes down to that second fixture and how strong will United be in those games? Will they, will they concede goals? I think they will. I think they will concede in both games. Mm. So I think Salah... For me, is where I'll likely go. Even unless I bought Bruno in, he's the only player I'd look. I don't think I'd yeah. put it on a Greenwood or a Rashford. Or yeah, man. you could well be right. Um, what's interesting here? I'm going to show more to. I'm going to show a case for and against Bruno, if you like. This is the case against as well. Um, what I've done here is this is what I normally do: is I group the opponents together and then look at their data. So obviously Palace plays Sheffield United, Sheffield United and Southampton. And in terms of minutes per XG conceded or minutes per XG conceded non-penalty, that is the best pairing of the double game week defences as opponents, right? No no surprise there. Um, and Leicester and Liverpool, if you're discounting the Villa fixture, which is what I've done here, I've said, right, let's, let's forget the Villa fixture for now because we presume that United are going to play the weaker team there and Bruno doesn't play in that game. Okay, probably mm-hmm. not. It's probably 50-50, but let's presume it for now. But let's just look at Leicester and Liverpool as opponents compared to the other double game week opponents. Leicester and Liverpool over the season, in terms of minutes per XG conceded on penalty, are the toughest pairing, right? So yep. probably doesn't surprise you. Look at the second table, and that's the same data, but over the last four matches. Look at the difference. Look at where Leicester and Liverpool are. Minutes per XG conceded non-penalty, 246.1, compared to the best, Sheffield United Southampton, 115.9. That tells you that the Leicester and Liverpool defences have been strong over the season. If anything, they've been stronger over their last four matches as well. So United are going up against two defences there that are actually playing some of their tightest football of the season, statistically. The thing about Liverpool and Leicester, to some extent, they concede big chances. But over the last four matches, the data suggests less so than any other pairing. So I've put it to you that actually United's games, if Bruno doesn't play against Villa, he'll then be going up against Leicester and Liverpool in home matches, 
and Bruno and United haven't been as strong at home and in questionable form in terms of output as well. So if he is only going to play those two games, I don't think he is necessarily stronger than Salah or Inacho. What say you of that? Well, I say I agree if he only plays two. Yeah. But there is, <laughs> there's always that part of me that's thinking, yeah. oh, what if he gets three? And if he gets three, you know, this is the thing with double gaming, isn't it? Like, you, you don't need to win these games four or five nil. He gets two assists against Villa and a goal against Leicester and a clean sheet against Liverpool. And that's a 20 plus pointer for Fernandes. So now the case for Fernandes, and here's the first point. There's always a chance he gets a penalty. And he hasn't got a penalty for a while. The last one was City. He hasn't, no. Five matches ago, that's the longest run without a penalty since Fernandez has been at United, that United have had five matches. They've never gone six matches without a penalty since Bruno arrived. So it does seem difficult. I mean, that, I mean, it's no, that is no bearing, you think. I mean, it's, it's you know, gambler's fallacy, isn't it? They, oh, it's got to happen then if they haven't had a penalty. But it does seem like, oh, blimey, we, without Bruno, we've been pushing our luck over the last five matches that they haven't had a penalty. So... We cannot kind of say, oh, it's lucky as Bruno owners getting a penalty. It's almost overdue if you, you know, look at the data. But it's, it's gambler's fallacy. But that's one thing. The other thing is looking at the data that Lego Marnie put together. And what he did was exactly what I did earlier in the season. He looked at all the fixture pairs um, and then looked at the scores that those players would have got if those fixture pairs were actually double game weeks. And then what he's done, he's worked out an average points over those double game weeks. And Bruno is out on top. 13.2 is his average if you paired the double game weeks. I think it's probably better shown in this in this chart here, which is only the United players um, and Legomani, by the way, this is brilliant work, at Legomani underscore FBL. Follow him immediately. He's fantastic. He does loads of stuff like this. Um, you can see here Bruno's fixtures and the pairings and how it works, right? And you can see the cluster between 21, game week 21 and 26, where he he got he would have got 20 points in one pairing, 24 in another, 16 in another, 21 in another, 15 in another. That, that area there, he scored heavily. So if they were double game weeks, he'd have done you brilliantly, right? It's tailed off a lot. There's a lot more red in that column recently. But... Over the season, if you'd have paired up United's fixtures like that, game it's one and two, two and three, three and four, etc., and you'd have done it with all the players who have got double game week, he is out in front, an average of 13.2 points. Surprise you? Probably not. No. High scoring player in the game, right? Mm. <laughs> it, do- it doesn't surprise me at all, but uh, it worries me. Yeah, it worries me <laughs> as well. <laughs> so that, that would... But what is encouraging is just behind him on 11.5 is Salah. And what's encouraging for Salah is there's a column here called Form where Legomani has just looked at the last four pairs for every player. And if you look at just the last four pairs for every player, Trent Alexander-Arnold is the Form player, 18.3 points, he's averaged. Then you've got Ian Acho, 17.3. Then you've got Watkins, 12.8. Then you've got Salah on 11. So over the season... Salah has averaged 11.5 points per double game week pairing. And over the last four, he's got 11. So he looks to me as a very good fullback. As in, not a fullback, but a fullback plan, mm. if you don't have Bruno. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and potentially, 
Let's talk about Trent. 18.3 points he would have averaged. I mean, let's look at the Liverpool table that he's done here. And you see that the pairings, 28 to 30, Trent would have got 21 points if that was a double game week. 30 to 31, he'd have got 23 points. 31 to 32, 19 points. 32 to 33, 10 points. If any of those are double game weeks and you captained him, you would be quids in. Quids in, probably not the term I want to use this week, but yeah, quids in. Um, <laughs> but So what do you think to Trent? I mean, it, the fixtures, Southampton at home, United away. United away could be a... If it wasn't a, a triple game nil. week, I would be considering him because, you know, I, I captained Trent uh, two weeks ago over Salah when they had Newcastle at home. Because mm. I still believe that this this big this big haul for him is, is coming, I would keep saying. Um, but uh, to me, to me I, 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 want, I want a captain, I want a captain, a, a triple game player, just just because I want to. And I, I, and I, I think if, if I was going to pick a, a non-triple player, I'd, I'd pick Calvert-Lewin. So I... I I like it a lot and I, I really like these stats and I, I think Salah and Trent are perfectly fine but they wouldn't be who I'd be going for. Calvert-Lewin has averaged 9.3 over the season for his parents and not bad at all and mm. he's got away fixtures at Villa and West Ham. Two away fixtures, that's what I like. And, yeah. and you know, those defences have had their moments where they've conceded goals recently and Villa's defence has worked up a bit but West Ham certainly has been but yeah, it's it's Everton, isn't it? It's just you just don't know what you're going to get. But I, 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 true. If Liverpool hadn't have got their double game week, Calvert Lewin, it would have been out of Calvert Lewin and Nacho for me as well. So he was yeah. in the frame definitely. So this basically suggests that again, if you've got Bruno, you're mad to overlook him, of course. And if you if you can get Bruno for a free, then you'd get him. But you've got to look at thirty six. Can get him for free. Can you get him for free? Well, let's yeah. let's have a look at your team and see what you can do as. Let's, Talk us through it then. This is what you've got at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Mendy in goal, uh, Trent, Castagna, Rudiger, uh, then Salah, Son, Greenwood, Jota, Keenan Davis, uh, Kane, and, and Ianacho. So, the plan before yesterday was easy Keenan Davis to Calvert Lewin. Done. No hit. I think it would be nine double game week players. I was I was really happy with that, um, and then everything just been kind of thrown out the window. So I've got enough money to do a straight swap back of Son to Fernandez. But if you do that, as looking at your team, you have got in thirty six. Then you've got Mendy, Castagna, Rudiger, Greenwood, Fernandez, Iheanacho, and Holding without yeah. fixtures. You are buggered for thirty six. I know exactly right. So instead, I could just do I could do Davis to Calvert Lewin because that get that still do that because that gets me that extra player in in for thirty six. Um, and I could do Son to Rashford just as a bit of a kind of, you know, knowing that I'd probably have to take a hit to get him out again. So it's like eight point. I don't know. This is it. It's, 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 it is all, it was all quite stressful and it was all kind of okay so before. You'd before have to one. take, you'd have to, yeah, you'll lose eight points if you go Son to Rashford. Yeah. That's not worth it, is it's it? It's not worth it, is it? Is it? No, That's I just don't feel Because Rashford won't, probably won't play all three matches either. So if, if, if Rashford's only going to play two matches, you're spending eight points to get him in. No, don't see it. No, so so then it's um, it's uh, well, kind of uh, uh, my decision's made. Then it's, it's plan eight, isn't it? Yeah, Davis Davis to Calvert Lewin and go with one United player and no Fernandez in a triple game week. 
But it comes down to that 36 situation where you would have to spend, you'd have six players not playing. So you'd have to take at least two hits, wouldn't you, in 36, if you got another United player in. Because unless you got a United player in for Rudiger, if you got, you could get another defender in for Rudiger, and then you're not losing anything and you're gaining. I mean, Rudiger probably won't play both games. Well, he might do, I guess, but. Yeah, that's an option. I mean, it's holding as well. I could only get Lindelof. Yeah. Or I, or I could do, you know, Rudiger to someone like Keane. Well, that doesn't get you a Everton. triple triple game week player, is it? I mean, no, just, it doesn't get me a triple, but it gets me a double and another fixture in in, in the next week. In thirty six, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I think I'm. I, I really want Calvert Lewin, so I'm. I'm, mm. I'm. I think I'm going to do Davies to Calvert Lewin. If but if I do that, then I can't get Fernandez. I mean, at least you got Greenwood. I. I I don't think there's mm. a panic here. I mean, I, I think Greenwood is a better captain than Rashford himself. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, pa- I'm maybe not panicking. Not. I'm just thinking this, this looks, this could, there's potential here, right? There could be something amazing that happens and I'm probably not going to hit it. <laughs> yeah. It's fear of missing out, isn't it? That's the thing. And it's, and it's, yeah. and it's big. And if you look at my team, it's even greater for me. I mean, at the moment in 36, if I go Alonso to Dina in 36, I've only got Mendy, Rudiger, Holden and Iheanacho missing. And so mm. my free transfer in 36 can get me 11 out, right? If I go Alonso to Dina. That means I have no United in 35. But I don't have to take any hits in 36. And, and plus what you've got to think is, we're presuming as well, all our players are fit. Now, it could be that, you know, I have to take a hit because I have an injury. Um, and it could be that Rafina isn't fit, so I have to take a hit anyway. It could get even worse. If I if I went Son to Fernandez, <laughs> I might have to do well. I'd have to at least spend four in thirty six, and it might be more than that if Rafina isn't fit. So if I do the Son to Fernandez move, and Bruno only plays twice, I don't think it's worth it. I don't because I'll be mm. spending four points this week, definitely four points next week, possibly more than that if Rafina's not fit. It's don't again. It, it's that that really put. I mean, if only we had the free hit or the wild card. We had that. We don't. Yeah. So it's difficult for us. I mean, I know. I I get it. You see people go ding, bar ding, 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 ding. bar hum. You know, the difficult thing. The bar humbug, <laughs> as in we're we're really down on this treble. And I don't want to be. I don't want my own situation to to bias me. But it obviously does so, because I look at this. So I've got no United players. So surely you would get rid of Alonso. No, this I am. Week. Yeah. 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 What for 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 Dean? Well, that's what I was going to do, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and and again, I think Dean has got two good fixtures and he's got a good fixture in 36. Yeah. He's got West Brom, right, in 36. So. No, that's I what like, I, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could oh go Alon- Alonso <laughs> to Maguire. Get Bruno but, no, we're, we're, we're going to look back at this podcast and be like, what the fuck yeah, are you doing? I know, we, <laughs> we, we could do, but the other side of the coin is if we can, if I captain Salah and he comes in, then and Bruno only plays two games and maybe that keeps keeps the kind of output he's had. Then it might not mm. be a bad thing. So yeah, odds are stacked against us. Put it that way. The data models suggest we should go Fernandez, mm. <laughs> and I can't argue with that. But and I just, common sense and as well. common sense and yeah. yeah. But I just I don't see it with the hits that we'd have to take. I know. I just don't see it. So mm. very very tough call. Very tough call. And the fact that he played tonight, and is he still on the pitch? 
He came off, got ten, got eighty-three minutes. He came eighty-three. Off. I mean, that's not. A, he doesn't play all three games. There's no way. I sure. know. I don't think that's so. No way now. No, if he'd have played sixty, I would be like, maybe, surely not. He can't. You can't, you so, can't play. You can't play at this level football. So if he only three. plays the Leicester and Liverpool games, which I still think are the most likely, he's playing up against two very strong defences in recent form. I know Liverpool. Liverpool aren't so. never a strong defence. I knew, I guess, I knew this podcast was going to stress me out, and it has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm quite happy having no Bruno. Good luck to you if you got. Oh, him. that's a soundbite. Yes, yeah, I'm quite go. happy not having Bruno. <laughs> I'm having play, having seen him play 83 tonight. I'm quite happy that he'll only play two. And yes, he could bang in those two, but I think if he plays Leicester and Liverpool, those are fixtures that I don't look at and think there's big scores there for United players. And and even if there is, Bruno has been missing out when United have scored. So, yeah, I'm all right with that. We've got to be all right with it. Uh, Let's look at the Black Box League. We didn't look at it last week. And the good news is Nathan Joblin's been pushing up the ranks. He's 19th. And presumably he's catching in Bruno. Thank God, you know, that's done, just don't listen to us. Um, so he, he's <laughs> he's done very well. He's still in with a shout, of course. Um, I don't know if Connor's in tonight. He normally is in. Um, yeah, he's there. He's Connor, there. He's Connor's there. slipped down the... Come on, Connor, pull yourself on, together. Connor. You know, we on, won't man. be able to mention you if you don't stay in this top 20. <laughs> um, he's gone down to 10th. We've got uh, Torja Hegner in second, Michael Atkins uh, in third. So they're 22nd and 39, respectively. And then Bergard Knudsen... Is 73rd in the world, fourth in our league. Axel Alton, just outside the top 100. Brilliant season in fifth uh, at the moment. So well done, those guys. We'll follow you to the end and hopefully one of you, if not more, are in the equation on the final day, which is always tray exciting. Um, Fest, Fest tickets go on sale tomorrow. And it would be remiss of me not to mention that. Um, On sale, nine o'clock for the launch party. Um, which um, yeah, I've had a I've had a tough week with that this week, haven't I? Asked? You have. Um, I know. It's been very difficult. We we got it very wrong with the announcement. Very very wrong. I mean, I've said a lot about it already. I don't know if I want to talk too much. Yeah, more, I think but... anyone anyone that's that's kind of wondering what fest is and and what all the drama's been and and all of that, or maybe has some kind of reservations about the whole thing, should definitely check out the the video that that Mark and I did on um, Booner's Booner's pod. I think I've, I've been thinking about it quite a lot this week and. Like the idea of fest to me is is brilliant, right? The whole the whole idea of it. The, it's an idea mm. you've had for ages. It's it's been backed. It's you know there's actual like plans going into it. It's you know it's supposed to be an event for everyone in the community to get together, meet each other, chat FPL more that so than in a pub because obviously you can meet in a pub and you can rent out a pub and, and you can do that. And we've all been well, we haven't all been to them, but I've been to quite a few meetups mm. and they're great, right? We're not, mm. It's not trying to replace. Um, replace that and just just so everyone knows I'm not involved in Fest at all like I have absolutely no stake in it whatsoever that I'm just giving my kind of opinion of what I've seen and, and from talking to you of how I of, of what it kind of I think the, the problem that I've seen this week and again it's a few loud voices in the community who like to stir things up about this divide that I don't think exists between content creators and um, other FPL managers Right. And there seems to be this idea that content creators are all about the money. They want to monetize everything as much as possible. Um, you've got like Trigger Lips podcast where he's saying that, you know, the content's all rubbish and people don't put any effort yeah. in and they don't deserve to, to earn money and all this thing. And that we, as people who 
you know, sit and record stuff and people listen to us think we're this elite group of people um, who deserve respect and admiration and stuff. And and to me, it just could not be further from the truth. And I think, but I think that's where Fest, the communications has, did break down because I think people sensed that it was £20 for a ticket to meet Andy and General. Well, and we, we put out £50 for VIP, which was well, exactly. a big, a big yeah. mistake. We shouldn't have called it VIP and £50 was obviously not, not something that we should have done. I mean, we we had ideas to boost that offering further that we never had time to talk about, but it was yeah, you know, it, it was it was killed immediately. We realised our mistake, and we should have realised it before we announced it. And I, I I can't tell you how much I regret that. It's horrible. I feel horrible about it, and I'm sure Ed and Charlie feel the same. And it's we regret it, but I, is, I is it, don't want it to kill the whole idea because no, it. I, I always like when when I saw that you know James did a. Um, live event planet fbl did a live event they did one with who got the assist i think as well and then i contacted james and i said look i want to do the next one with you i'd really like to do so that's that's what i had in mind and then when ed put up about what he was thinking of doing fest mm. I, I jumped on that concept because i'd already had chats to james about it and already you know i said so i think i said to tom when i was on who got the assist that if they're thinking of doing any live dates we would like to be part of that as well and so i i never thought of it being any bigger than that but then this fest idea came up, and then we got carried away with the with the concept of it. And I think I think that's right. I think the community is big enough to have something like this. I really do, and that's why I'm backing it. Yeah. But if I've got it wrong, if we've got it wrong, then fair enough. Um, if the community doesn't uh, want it, we won't do it. But... It's, it's it's such a tricky one because I think mm. like I, I would never call into question your integrity with things and the reasons you get into do do stuff. And and the same with Janie and Ed. Like I mm. I genuinely believe from from all the stuff that I've seen and, and read that the intention is to just create a good event that can be you know that can happen on a regular basis yeah. and and make something really special for people. And I think people people don't believe that. And I, and I think this the, the divide between content creators and mm. and other people is is made to be this big chasm by people who just continuously shout and make it into this big deal well it's not i mean i saw i saw a, i saw a tweet um the other day saying like what's the thing you hate most about content creators and like the top one was that they never engage with um people with less followers they only engage you know with with people with similar followings mm. and i just thought it's so firstly we're going to engage more with people who who do content, who, who do like the content stuff, because I know people like Tom from Who Got the Assist, and I know people like Andy and, and stuff. So I'm, I chat to them more because I know them personally, and I've mm. done podcasts with them, and, and I have that. But secondly, pretty much every single podcast that I see engages with people on a regular basis. People will reply to their, their yeah, videos, they'll say right. thank you, they'll say mm. glad you enjoyed it, they'll retweet stuff. And I don't know, I don't think it's me being biased as someone who sits here and does this with you. I just don't see that um, that happening. And I think when I see people shouting about it, people jumping in on it and retweeting stuff, it gets built up to the point where other people read it and then they start to believe it themselves. Um, and I think that's, that is the, yeah. that's what's happened with Fest. And I, I don't want Fest to be part of that equation that creates that divide. And I think there's a danger that it could be. And I, I, I want to, but I want to be positive about it. Look, you know, I've, it goes on sale, tickets go on sale tomorrow, right? And it's it's eighteen pounds with the early bird promotion if you use that when you sign up. That's the website. I want to be positive about it. I want it to be a success, obviously, because I think it can grow. My idea for this in the future is, you know, if we're gonna get ISM who make the game, make FBL, and we're gonna get the chance to talk to them and ask them questions, do a QA with them, it's not gonna happen in a pub. It's gonna happen at something like this. This is our chance to have 
that kind of audience with mm. the people who make the game. We can create an event which can give us that audience and that platform as people who enjoy the game. Just like, like I'm in the games industry, as I said before, we get access to game devs at these events, these big gaming events, these conventions. And that's what Fest can be for the makers of the fantasy games, for the people who play the game and love it as much as we do, whether they be content creators or not. It's not just for content creators and Twitter. It's for hardcore fans out there. It's for casual fans out there if they want to come as well. But I think it can turn into an event where ISM do attend every year yeah. and ask questions and, we, and answer questions on why what's going to happen to the future of the game. I think the Premier League will want to be part of this because it will become something that they would want to be part of because in that venue are going to be lots of players who love their game and they'll want to talk to them and converse Absolutely. with them. That's what I want it to yeah. turn into. This yeah, is just yeah. a launch party, right? This is a, a smaller kind of kickoff thing where we want to get people together and see if there's support for the idea. And, you know, I fear that we've we've caused more harm than good with the initial announcement. And I really hope not. I really hope that people get on board of it and, and come to the party and, and we kick on from there. But, you know, uh, if things go the other way, I, I, I'll think about my involvement with it because... Yeah. I, I, I think you need to, right? Because it's, yeah. it's, stre- it's, it's stress. Like, when, I, do, yeah, when I don't want that. Yeah. No, I know. I, I I've, I'm, I'm, you know. I've got nothing personal invested in it and there's nothing to gain from it other than... I'm supporting it because I like it as an idea and I think it could be great for the community. It can give us, it can take us on and give us a standing and, and get us an audience for the people who make these games, um, not just FPL, but the other games as well, because they will want to be part of something like this if it gets to the size we expect it to and want it to. But we'll see. Enough of that. Let's talk about the other <laughs> venture that we got, which is The Apprentice, because... Um, We've got some new candidates and some we, we may have found our candidates, but it's not over yet. We're going to keep looking, um, probably up until Game Week 38, right? Um, because yeah. we, we'll probably pick them around that time. I mean, I've got mine. You you think it's done deal with you, don't you? Yeah, mine's a, mine's a done deal. Yeah. I've got one. I've got I'm my uh, I've got a good candidate as well. But if you're interested, it's probably less likely to be people watching this, but more about people that they know. If your brother, your girlfriend, your dad, your wife, whatever, um, like football and wonder about the thing that you're obsessed about and perhaps want to be part of that and join in too, then we'd like to hear from you because we are taking on two apprentices next season. People who are new to FBL, ideally, uh, that we can work with and kind of help to learn the game, but also introduce them to some of the concepts around FBL and the community and see how that affects their decision-making. And yeah, it'd be a fascinating thing and a lot of fun, hopefully, that we'll do some videos with them. So we want them to be on camera with us. We'll do some podcasts with them. We don't know how much yet. We don't know how successful it's going to be, but we're having a go and see what happens. So if you know anybody who would fit that bill, um, then get in touch on Apprentice at fblblackbox.com and uh, we're looking forward to it, aren't we, Az? Absolutely. Okay, um, it's just the smash and likes, I think, now. Yeah, so I'm doing something a little bit different this time. Oh, I'm not going to do, do a special. And I know we've, I know we've been talking for quite a bit and people might be mm. really in bed or a bit bored, but I, I just want to I just want to talk a little bit about the blackout and, and, and stuff because mm. obviously I, t- I took part in it, Scout took part in it, lots of people did, lots of people didn't. That's fair enough. I've got no, I've got no aims. But the, I think everyone's agreed with the underlying message of it against this kind of abuse and against any form of you know bullying and stuff online. And this week's been a funny week because... I've seen some bad parts of of Twitter and I'm annoyed with myself because I allowed myself to get 
quite into it and got myself annoyed and ended up calling everyone twats and got, you know, I, I'm not claiming to be perfect, but I just want to re- just kind of remind anyone that, that that's, that's listening that it's still a global pandemic going on. There's an end in sight, but you know, people are, are depressed. People are lonely. Family members are ill. People might be ill themselves. And the words and stuff that you write on Twitter to people can have a massive impact on, on people's mental health. Um, so, you know, we're a community, we're going to argue and, I, and it's not about giving the opinions about stuff like the stuff on fest. If people don't agree with tickets or if they feel a certain way, they should be allowed to express it. Of course they should, but there's ways of, of doing it that I think when it starts bordering into the personal like attacks on people, I think people really need to just kind of check themselves and just make sure that they're, what they write is, is what they believe. And they're not just kind of getting caught up in the heat of the moment and, and just, just think about what they say. And on the flip side of that, I think positive stuff that you can say to people can have a massive impact. And I mean, you know, you know me a, a month ago, I was in a really bad place. I, mm. I was going through a breakup. I was really down. Um, you know, and people have reached out to me. One person in particular has, has been an absolute, you know, massive part of me sitting here, smiling away, being happy. Uh, so people just need to remember that and, and, you know, reach out to people on Twitter, DM people, get chatting with people and not just on Twitter, but friends and family. You know, if there's a friend you haven't spoken to in a while, just send them a text, check in with them, see how it's going. We, we get, it feels like we're coming to like some kind of end to all this mm. awful 13, 14 months, but we're not there yet. So rather than smashing like my sermon's <laughs> over, just, just be nice to people and check in and, and make sure everyone's doing okay. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very true. That's very well said. And, and I've, I've got to say as well, I, I got a lot of DMs um, in the last week su- supporting supporting me. And uh, obviously you know, I was quite impassioned by what went on as well this week. And, and I want to say thank you to all the people who reached out there. And, and also, yeah, you know, if my DMs are still open for anyone who wants to get in touch about any issues that they've got um, with, with the com- you know, in the community this week and whatever. But it's absolutely right. I mean, I leave my DMs open and try and reply to as much as I can. And yeah, I, I I need to be more you know, active in the community in terms of giving out positivity. I try, but I see something. Ironically, I see some of the content creators, and they do a brilliant job at that. Mm. I, I never, I never really look on and see that aspect of things. Um, it's it's, uh, it's it's overwhelming to me how many people reach out when mm. you know when I when I posted something a, a while ago. But I think it was about eight or nine months ago, and I posted. I think it was about the Movember thing, mm. saying that I wasn't doing too well and blah blah blah. And I've said it before the amount the amount of messages that come in, and honestly, every message like that makes made a difference to me. Yeah, like, gen, like genuinely. So the power you have on Twitter as an as anonymous account. It's it's a lot because you can hurt people, Mm. but you can also really bring people up. So I think everyone just needs to remember that. Well said, Uh, but still smash and like, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, that that's it from us. Are we doing any questions afterwards? As what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, come on, I'll have another beer. Okay, I'll get a drink as well. I haven't had a drink. I've had a gin and tonic, and I've nursed it all through the show. I only had about a little bit left, so. Um, yeah, Brewdog not doing haven't, sponsored. Not no, doing Brewdog sponsor haven't come back with the Brewdog. Vegas tickets yet, so I'm not really interested. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll go get a drink as well. So we're going to do the QA after the show, um, but uh, for podcast listeners and for the stream at the moment, it's uh, it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.